0: This is RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. This week, Vasily Kaliman joins me to discuss art and a variety of other topics, including Twitter and MidJourney. Funnily enough, I thought that the MidJourney controversy fervor had died down, but last week, emotions began raging anew. I do need to talk about the elephant in the room, at least regarding this episode. It's nearly three hours long. That was unplanned. While we ended the show we kept talking i figured we'd just go back and i'd cut out the last portion and we'd all be good but like a roll of scotch tape i couldn't find the ending with all the things going on i just need to get this thing out the latter portion does weave in and out of various subjects and goes for some personal chip chat but then also goes to rumination about business related thoughts you can't make it through the podcasts i don't blame you through hours is a bit crazy even for me That doesn't include the stuff we talked about before we got started. I do have a Patreon, and for the price of one dollar a month, you will not only support me, but you get outtakes from the show. Except for this show, there are no outtakes. Get comfortable, sisters and brothers. It is time to get rambling. Hello, Vasily. Hey, Jeff. It has been a while.
1: Uh, it has. Uh, I think I was on probably around February uh, of this year when I, uh, I think when I was uh, probably in the lead up to my Kickstarter. Uh, so it's almost been, uh, I think it's been nine months. Yes. Or, or may, maybe even longer.
0: Yeah, the, 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 for Dungeon, for those that are listening uh, yes. to distant future. Yes, yes. You'll say, well, Vasily has 37 Kickstarters in his lifetime. Which one are right. they talking, referring to?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, well that was my first and only up until this point. So hopefully there'll be another one in uh in February.
0: Ah, so is this is this uh, Dungeon 2? Uh, not really.
1: Um I'm working on Dungeon 2, but um but it, it's uh it's for Aquilus Issue Three, which is my weird fantasy zine. Um and that's been something that's it's it's been brewing for a while and it's been fi- it's kind of been finished for a while as well um but uh but i just wanted to see if uh i just wanted to see how it would go just being released on kickstarter you know maybe with some stretch goals of doing some some more art because i i always have the question mark about uh which, which i don't know the answer to and and and, and it, it is a point of conversation on you know On on social media amongst the RPG RPG community and that's how well do things uh how well do uh publication releases go that are that are on kickstarter versus not on kickstarter so 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 that's just um so I think uh so uh, you know uh, a a lot of you know a a lot of creators claim that when they're releasing on kickstarter I mean obviously they get the sort of uh you know they get you know they get they get the focus, they get, you know, they get the, uh, you know, the interest is there. And, uh, and I just kind of, so I've I released the first two issues of uh, Quireless just not on Kickstarter. They just went straight onto a RPG and available in print on my store. So I sort of thought, well, for the third issue, I'll, I'll, I'll see how, how I'll, I'll put it on Kickstarter and see how it goes. And then maybe it'll give me a, a better idea of how many copies to print, for example.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that definitely helps. I, I think too. Yeah, I I think definitely by far the its greatest advantage is the is the marketing aspect, and it does it very well. Um, and also, especially since you've already greased the the skid, so to speak, with Dungeon, you uh, I'm sure it will help uh, it, it it be even more popular.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope so. And 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 I think with Dungeon, the second issue as well, because I work on things concurrently. I mean, I've started working on dungeon in the sense that I've got a really good idea of, you know, you know, I've got a good idea of, you know, the next 10 levels. I've actually written out what most of the rooms are, but I haven't really started on doing the maps or the formatting or the art. And one thing I didn't really want to do on Kickstarter or do on a Kickstarter is actually put something up there that's not at least kind of 95% finished. Because because I had a, a little bit to do on my first Kickstarter, which was, you know, I had to commission a lot of art, for example. Uh, I had to commission most of the art, which actually, you know, came from the Kickstarter. And that actually took significantly more time than I thought. So um, so, 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 I think if I go into Kickstarters in the future, it'll be basically almost having it ready to go, uh, where, you know, where I can spend a few months kind of massaging the final, final sort of bits, the polishing rather than have stuff to do. And I feel that if I if, if I went to dungeon uh if if I did dungeon in February, which is only three months away, I think I'd probably be 50% of the way through it and I would have to give myself like at least a year's lead time to kind of finish to finish everything. It's just something I don't really want to do. Right. Right,
0: because that does put a lot of pressure and especially it's, it's,
1: it's a lot it's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. It's it is kind of strange. Uh you know, what, at what point getting to a certain point. And I think the other thing you mentioned about delays, you know, it's, it's a lot like doing like, even like projects, you you think, you know, I'm going to paint a room should take a day, (laughs) but always, you know, something comes up that uh, you don't expect and things take longer than you plan. And uh, you're right. It just, it's it's astounding that the number of things that come in to complicate and to delay a project.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of things come in and, and, and in my instance, art was a big delay and, you know, you know, and and I think the delay was that I, I did have commitments for, you know, from, from a number of artists, but, you know, but a couple took much, much longer than I thought. And, uh, and, um, and I think that these things can just kind of blow out quickly. And by the time you have to do the printing, I mean, the packing took like a couple of weeks, took like three weeks just to ship everything out. Right. So, uh, so all, all of that kind of stuff, I think, no, no, it's, it's, it's it might be better to to actually have a project finished uh you know before going on kickstarter so so you don't really um you know just so you have a better sense of things and don't disappoint your backers by you know sending them you know putting an update saying well sorry you know it's going to be two months late because of such and such i'd rather just yeah i'd i'd, I'd feel more comfortable so uh so that's why I'm doing the third issue of, of my Zine instead, and hopefully do Dungeon for another Kickstarter. You know, you know, maybe mid to late next year, sometime.
0: Yeah, it's it right. And I think the thing is, I mean, especially, I mean, this isn't our um, our full time gig, so there's no point in in uh, putting ourselves through. It's already stressful enough just to do a thing, let alone to. Yeah, it is. To, it is to 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 all of a sudden. You know, commit to that many hours of of uh, of trying to get things done in a short amount of time. I just, it, it, just, um, yeah, it is, it is hard, and I think, and definitely, for me, is it? I took um years ago. I took a um a um project management class. Uh, our the, our uh, company held. It was like a three day course or something. And he talked about the worry curve, and you know, you want to push, you have a deadline. Most people have that worry curve right up to that deadline, it's a huge, huge mound. Instead, he talked about pushing the worry curve back. Uh, you still have that curve when you hit up, but you know, you need to start pushing the worry further on so it's not as intense but more constant instead of, you know, so maybe, uh, you know, and that's where it's like you can kind of create your own worry curve by saying, I'm going to go to Kickstarter. By a certain amount of time, but I need to have that helps drive you to get to a certain point. Um, but uh, but boy, once you once you commit and people pay, uh, you're definitely yeah. at that point. More pressures being added. Yeah,
1: and, and 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 just remind me, did did you do Gary's appendix for for Kickstarter?
0: Was I did. That you,
1: that you did, yeah.
0: And and you've done one
1: since as well. You've done yeah, I did. One.
0: Yeah, fan of the Fly God. That was That's within. Right.
1: That's
0: right. Yeah. So one ended in, one ended at the end of August and then it, st- then it started at the beginning of September. Right, right.
2: And have you fulfilled fan of the Fly God yet?
0: No, that one, uh, that one I have not. That one. So I got the proof. So I went to order the proof copy
2: and uh, this little insight
0: so have you have you done uh aim fulfillment through lulu uh
1: i have not no i've never done no i have not done that i've bought things from lulu before but i've never actually
0: printed Oh, printed so, books there so 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 i've i've gone around the international problem the international shipping problem i should say of by using lulu for uh, pod for uh, non us backers
2: mm-hmm.
0: works great um, but when you do it, you're manually entering each address separately and it right, goes right. through Stripe, not a big deal, except I went and I, uh, ordered the, uh, I ordered the, uh, proof copy for Fane of the Fly God. Everything's fine. And then a couple of days I was at work going to going into my car at lunchtime and all of a sudden it hit me. It's like, ah. <sighs> I think the last address I sent to that was loaded in when I hit, when I bought that copy. Right. Right. And so I go, and sure enough, I, I sent a copy to England. And so it, it didn't have, didn't start printing yet. And,
2: um, and then they, um, so I'm like, they said, we
0: caught it. It has not printed yet, but just be aware we got the right address, but be aware that any shipping or tracking info will show the, the old address, not your address. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I got a notification it shipped and it hasn't come yet. And last week I said, it still hasn't come yet. I'm really not sure. They can't even tell me like their information. They know they took it, but they can't, they have no tracking information on this because of the way this thing was fouled up. So I may have, I either should have a, a book this week, my proof copy, or they'll do another one, which will delay me another three weeks. So talk right, about delays. Right. right. Why, why, why did you decide to do it with Lulu
1: and not somewhere like Mixon, which is where uh, the RPG community usually gets their kind of print-on demands? I mean, what, you, you actually did that to mainly circumvent the, uh, the international shipping issue?
0: Yeah, so I, I ship it individually. So it's each individual person. It's a new address for each person. I ship it out. Uh,
2: through uh, through Lulu, right.
0: And so it's um, and so I'm not doing a print run, so my costs are higher uh, for that. Right, right. But the shipping is actually fairly reasonable. So shipping and handling, mm-hmm. shipping and taxes can range between six dollars and nine dollars. Uh, That's the goes. shipping internationally yeah because what's doing is they're using uh whoever Lulu's using they've got they got somebody in England, so so shipping there is real cheap, so they have like a probably a source somewhere in um usually England's pretty decent um, Europe's not too bad um, but the most expensive is Japan and uh, Australia and New Zealand right, right. I actually,
1: uh, w- when I shipped uh, Dungeon uh, overseas, I think I had about three hundred people that bought bought the Zine, bought the print version of the Zine, who were outside the US. And I use an online shipping service called Pirate Ship, which uh, which which I think what they do is that they bulk buy off USPS. And um, you know, a lot of creators use it. I think I I think I saw it on Twitter a couple a year year or so ago. Yeah. And uh, and what they do is that they charge a standard 10.99 to ship anywhere in the world. Uh, to ship a zine anywhere in the world. Um, so 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 that's that's I mean that's who I used to ship every copy of Dungeon. And what was good about that is I was able to export, uh, you know, I, I was able to export the you know uh, all the backers as a kind of a, as a spreadsheet and upload it onto Pirate Ship and do the entire thing in one fell swoop.
0: Yeah, I use Pirate Ship. I'm, I, so I didn't do fulfillment for Gary's other than Lulu. I'll be doing all the fulfillment for Bane. I do use Pirate Ship, but I didn't try it for the International.
2: Right, right. But the, the question is...
0: That's a good question. Because it's not that bad a deal for some people. That's a good question. What, do you think... I, I wonder this is where it gets kind of interesting. So if you were to have done this through Lulu, it would have, it would have cut back the shipping. Um, But it's more of a hassle for you to be putting each individual address because pirate ship, you can just zip them out. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me, just wouldn't have been tenable to
1: to actually do it, to to do it, um, to do it per address, you know, Uh, but, but, but I think, you know, but I think obviously the issue that I had is that, you know, um, I had to, I mean, look, up, uploading—it's not not too big a deal. It's probably slightly more expensive than Lulu at ten ninety nine a copy. Um, but then, you know, I had to put each one in an individual plastic sleeve. I then had to put each one in a in in its own sort of. So I, I had right. to do all the packing as well. So 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 I think um, so all, all of that adds you know a lot of time and cost to it because you know when you are actually uh, you know as you know when 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 you do a Kickstarter. There's not only the cost in in the shipping, but there's also the cost in the packing materials as well, which in which in my case, you know, ended up costing hundreds and hundreds of dollars to actually get, you know, to actually get twelve hundred, you know, uh, like craft sturdy envelopes. I mean, that that was I think, you know, there's kind
0: of six hundred dollars just there. (laughs) It's kind of crazy when you start spending that kind of money for those kinds of things. Yeah, it's like six, six, seven hundred. I, I think it was more actually.
1: I, I can't remember what it cost me to buy craft envelopes, but I think they're almost like a buck a piece um, or, you know, they're kind of 70 cents a piece because they're very sturdy and they, they simply don't bend. But all of that just adds, you know, like almost. Yeah. I mean, just it all, all adds up. And then buying plastic sleeves to put each zine in that, that adds up. And so there's actually a lot in the, um, you know, there's just a lot in the cost of packing and shipping zines from kickstarter aside from the printing costs
0: right yeah i, I remember uh i think I, there's a friend um uh, he does um i say friend but uh i'll call him friend uh, he he did a kickstarter i uh, had bought boxes like a lot of boxes and they like delivered the boxes he's just like like you know you know like if you order like say 500 boxes you don't think about it but then when you actually yeah you know, of course they were there I, I don't think they were assembled but you know, those take up a lot of room. You don't really think about, like, how much room things start to take up until you start ordering large quantities of them. Yeah, they, yeah, they take
1: up an incredible amount of room. And it actually takes uh, – the other thing it, is it takes a really, really long time to ship everything as well, like the physically – I mean, I live in New York City, so I actually physically had to walk each box to the post office, which, which is not far from me, thankfully. But I, 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 I was actually walking down the street with two boxes under my arms at a time you know, with about with with like 80 envelopes full of zines, because that's all I could carry. So I, I had to do that trip. I had to do that trip to the post office
0: about 14 times. <laughs> and that was over the course of and that no was Sherpa. The course of, You couldn't find a Sherpa in New York?
1: Well, uh no, because look, everything's kind of, you know, walkable or you know, you know, yeah. so I mean you can do everything by the subway or walking here. So I, I decided to walk. Uh, and but, but it took like 14 trips and that's why I, I staggered it over you know a couple of weeks or three weeks like I was doing about you know two or three of those a day and then spending a day packing and stuff so but you know that's that's what you get that's what you get when when you do it all yourself I mean uh, I mean there are sort of you know there are creators who go to that next stage who might get a fulfillment partner like Exalted Funeral to do it but because I'd never done it before I thought well I better just do absolutely everything just to see what every step of the is like.
0: Yeah, I think we, it, it comes down to now what your time and your, you know, time versus money. And it probably depends where your Kickstarter, you know, what it funds at, I mean, all those things kind of start to add in. But then you yeah. can reverse it and start saying, well, if I'm paying that much, I could also just pay myself to do that.
1: Yeah, I could. Yeah. And, 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 and I think the other thing, I mean, because my Kickstarter, I mean, was so, you know, was kind of underpriced. I mean, I really didn't end up making much money from it uh, at all, but, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of any profit, I suppose, uh, because I, I kind of underpriced it. Uh, I don't know why, but, but uh, you know, but I think if I was to factor in getting a fulfillment partner partner and getting charged like a couple of bucks a book to ship, you know, handling, then that would have added another like $2,500 to, to, to the entire
2: thing. And it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't have been worth it.
0: Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, you're right. And those things are, you know, you think of, it's easy to, to think about, like you say, the, you know, you're, you know, talking about earlier about, you know, the, uh, about, you know, writing, the, you off to do some writing, but, you know, we kind of associate that and layout, but, you know, it just, there's a lot of, you know, doing a Kickstarter. It's also writing out your, 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 you know, the, the words in your Kickstarter and setting up a, you're doing backer kits, setting those things up. It's, there's just a lot of time. There's a lot of energy put into yeah yeah yeah. There's definitely yeah. There's definitely
1: a lot. And um and I look. I think there is a lot. And it's just like you know how we started the conversation. I just I just sort of wonder if uh, that's you know if, if if that's basically uh you know for creators to to you know to have some sort of presence. Uh, I, I I really think that in 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 most cases Kickstarter's you know necessary.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, cause I can huh. tell from my numbers, like, you know, I, I mentioned on a previous podcast, but like, uh, like I did scoundrels. He made $2,000. That was an unknown. I'm still relatively unknown, but I'm listed a little more known.
2: Putting out this thing that like,
0: I'm I'm still shocked people bought it. I mean, it was, it, it, it would never happen without Kickstarter. I mean, there is no way this could have worked any other way. Um, there's no way to reach people, you know, uh, initially. Uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely a way that, you know, especially for, at least for me, it, it. i say there's no way, no way to that degree um, that it would have ever worked. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that there's no way to that sort of degree,
1: like, you know, for me to have just uh, released my, my, my Zine Dungeon and just to have put it out in the open, uh, you know, just, just on my store and released it on Drive RPG. I mean, I, I sold, you know, 1,250 copies on Kickstarter. I think that that would have taken me forever to actually, if, if, if I ever even got there, to have done it just if I'd put it out in the wild, you know, without Kickstarter. I mean, I, I
0: just may have never, ever reached. I, no, I may it's... have never, ever sold that many copies ever the only way to do it would be you go to Gen Con, get a booth, you go to all these, you know, these things and get a booth, spend all that time that's on right. the road, all that cost right. and slowly right. build it up. And um, yeah. yeah. So that that's pretty crazy. But anyway, so it's good to hear we got some more more product uh, coming down the road.
1: More, more coming down the road. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's always a uh, it's always on to the next. Uh, there's there's very little time for any rest. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I was wanting to have you on, we talked about, was um seemed like people are a little less excited now about, when I say excited, I mean um, upset, but um, uh, basically AI art generators in general, but really probably mid is where I've had my most ex- mm-hmm. ex- experience. Um, and then it's kind of interesting that as of late, AI art has kind of, I'm not sure what more recent developments have caused mobile companies to be able to, um, you know, they're putting these, these um, uh, products, when I say products, I mean, these generation tools out. And they seem to be relatively decent for what they're doing. eh? It seems like there's a lot of consternation, a lot of fear. Uh, what's your take on this? This whole AI.
1: Well, I mean, I I, I followed uh, you know, I followed the Mid Journey story since it sort of first came into the conversation, which was earlier this year. Um, and I think in the RPG community, there certainly were a lot of people that were very vocal about it on social media. Um, you know, and I think and, and 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 I think most of the sentiment was 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 probably on the negative side. Um, but I, I just, I don't really see it sort of talked about much anymore. And what's kind of interesting about that is I do follow a couple of mid journey groups on Facebook and I think, uh, mid journeys now, I think stable diffusion that actually runs mid journey in in the background. I think that's up to like version three or version four at the moment. And compared to the stuff that we saw early in its life, which was, you know, N- not even six, seven months ago. Now, it's basically a million times better than 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 what it was. I mean, it it, it has just become so good, it's kind of mind boggling. I mean, it's able to render faces perfectly. It's able to render hands perfectly. But I think, you know, I I mean, firstly, I don't see it sort of mentioned very much. Uh, you know, uh, like I said before. But I think I think the other thing I have about it too is that I I kind of think. Uh, I kind of think, you know, AI art doesn't interest me to, to, I mean, it doesn't interest me to, to, to use it. And, and I, I think one of the reasons why is, is that because, I mean, A, it's almost like too perfect, uh. you know, I mean, it's right. too perfect. It, it, I mean, it's too perfect. And also too, it's just, you know, you know, the fact that, you know, it, I also find it overwhelming in, in, in the sense that there's just sort of too much choice. The fact that you can kind of do anything, it's like, where are the parameters? You know, where, where are the parameters? Like, I mean, do you just go in this endless sort of rabbit hole of just generating like, you know, variants of the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, it, you know, it's like, it's like, where, where, where are the flaws that make make a work kind of distinct and sort of give it some kind of, you know, some, some kind of humanity, I suppose. And, I can certainly see AI art uh, I can certainly see AI art being like a really useful tool in say doing concept art for movies for example right it it could be amazing for that kind of thing like you know like artists actually coming up with the right prompts to to generate things like the you know films that are loaded with special effects but in terms of like I I have thought about it but in terms of actually like uh like using AI art for say one of my projects, it's just something that I just don't think I'd go there because I think what I, what I actually enjoy is I actually do enjoy, uh, you know, like a lot of creators, I do actually enjoy working uh, with, with human beings who can bring something to the project that I sort of simply can't. And I just don't really want to sit there kind of doing, you know, like prompts or, or, or having, or, or having something which just has too much latitude and too much choice and too many kind of solutions, if that makes sense.
0: I think the problem is, is, is both because I've, I've paid for off and on subscriptions to mid-journey. Um, but what I find is that you do have a lot of choices, but sometimes it's like it, it's kind of missing something. Like you, you don't also don't have the full control either. Like for instance, like you know, you have a picture, say, in your background where it shows the, the, uh, you know, the uh, vulture facing away. If you want that vulture to face towards you, there's no, it's maybe you could say something, but I mean, you can't easily do little tweaks to this. It's like you get what you get. You may try wording things a little differently and hope it gives you closer to what you want, but you also don't really have a lot of times the control. At this moment of what it's generating, like you think you would be able to
1: yeah and 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 look i I probably don't think that that's far off where you will be able to have that kind of control um because I think it's just it's 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 progressed at a at a staggering rate, just from what I've seen from where it where it was six seven months ago to where it is today, so I kind of think that uh I actually think that these things are just progressing so quickly that i I, I would imagine you probably you know. Would be able to do that, and in the not too far distant future, I think you, you know. I think you know. I think I think artists will have a lot more control over the prompts, and but again, too, look, it's it's not a field that I've li- looked into uh, with you know with a great deal of depth. Uh, but it's something that um, I still like to you know I like to go into the Facebook group just to see what people are doing because so- some of the results that they're coming up with are are, are really quite really quite astonishing.
0: Well, I think too um you know if if you're trying to get a certain feel it may not always be easy to get that with with the mid-journey as well though it seems like some people are able to get some pretty amazing things i'm kind of like with you like you know i see somebody do something amazing and i try and do something similar. it's like not even close
1: no no i mean th- there are a couple <laughs> of artists th- there are a couple of artists that i follow on instagram who uh who, who are sort of mid-journey artists, but they've actually developed a very specific kind of mid-journey style. And I can't, I can't remember what their names are. I, I, think one of them's, I think one of them's called Tim Malloy. I, I, I'm hoping I'm right. But, you know, they, they have like, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 followers, but they are doing, you can actually tell that it's by them. <laughs> you know, it doesn't right. And And that's kind of interesting because they've actually developed a kind of, I suppose, an artistic style which is very identifiable. So when you actually look at it, it doesn't actually look like mid-journey art. It actually looks like art done by AI, but it's actually, but they've got their own kind of thing going. Now, God knows how they got that, but they've probably spent a lot of time sort of tweaking everything. But I think we'll probably start to see a lot of that kind of thing. I think we'll start to see, you know, people, I think we'll start to see, if you like to call them artists, like artists using mid-journey but actually getting away from that very generic kind of style, which we saw in the early days, which looked like kind of 70s fantasy
2: art. Yeah, you know, which is my jam.
1: Know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but moving into this very, kind, right. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll actually tweak the prompts and, you know, figure out their own kind of secret source, secret formula. And I have started following a couple of people like that. And I have to say that they're doing really, really interesting kinds of things, you know, and um, that's, you know, that's, I suppose good for that kind of thing, you know?
0: Well, and, I'm, I, and I've seen somebody do this and I should have copied the prompt and I failed to. And then I thought, cause I think I can do this later on, but I seen somebody do some like uh mock-up book covers. I'm like, Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> if you can oh, get no, to I, that I, point.
1: I, yeah. Oh, look, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, um, and look, uh, I mean, I've dabbled in things like OpenAI, for example, which is, um, you know, which is, you know, the the kind of textual version of Midjourney, which has been around for quite a while now. And um, and I kind of wonder how long it's going to be before uh, entire, say, you know, what we're doing, entire RPG texts
0: are kind of generated through artificial intelligence, you know. So, and, yeah, I've used SouterWrite. Right. Right. Like- I've used that one several times, so So your experience with this, did you actually make use of any of the of the text? I I, I I
1: haven't made use of the text because again, too, I find it really overwhelming that it's infinite, you know, that you can just go on and on and just generate all this kind of material and have all these ideas, and, and it's kind of you know it just seems like too much to me, so I, I have not uh but someone contacted me actually who uh a, a, about seven months ago who who was who was actually a a professor of computer science at a at a university here in the united states and uh he 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 liked my work and and he was someone that knew a lot about open AI and sort of uh you know uh you know software that actually uses artificial intelligence to generate writing and and he he actually uh did some stuff. Based on my work using AI, and I was just completely blown away. I mean, it was kind of better than anything I could write about. You know, using the same kind, you know, in in, in one of my settings. And so he he, he actually gave me access to it to an account, and I sort of dabbled in it for probably about a month. But I haven't really gone back into it for probably like three or four months. But I I I I mean it was amazing, but I didn't really make any use of it because I found that I was just generating tons and tons of content. And at the end of the day, I could just sit there generating like hundreds, right. of hundreds of pages, but it's kind of like, but but it just feels like too much. And I think as a writer, you just have to, you know, you have to, I think at some point be be cautious about that because, you know, you don't really want to swamp yourself with too many ideas and and then have kind of uh, like decision fatigue about exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And I actually find.
0: Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, so what I found was I was usually using it just to fill in a spot.
1: Right. Right.
0: And like, one thing I did was I did poetry.
1: Oh, interesting. Interesting. And it
0: wasn't like good poetry, but it was good, bad poetry. Like, you know what I mean? Like perfect for an RPG book. Yeah, yeah, no that sounds good. And yeah, look and there's also times where it's like I found that there's certain things I I was having problems like I needed a couple more paragraphs. And that was kind of nice in that I necessarily I'm not sure if I've ever used them fully, but I think I've used portions of them to help either or or or, or to provide direction. Yeah,
1: and I think what you look, I think what you just said about direction, I think, I think what artificial intelligence in terms of the writing aspect of it is with things like open AI, is that they're, they're a great way to provide triggers and to kind of remove writer's block, if there is such a thing, they're just a great way to prompt kind of ideas, like an image might come up like a, I don't know, like a, like, a I don't know, like crystal spires in a black lake or something might just come up and you think, oh, that's a good idea, you know, I should, I should I can use that because it's just something I didn't think of, and it's just something that basically takes away, you know, uh, like you might be in a creative fog or something. And 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 I think the AI thing is really, really, really useful for providing prompts. Now, what's what's interesting is I have seen now I can't remember the name of the magazine. It's it's someone we probably know in the who's in the OSR community, and I think it produces Delva magazine. And um, and I did see on 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 BT uh, on on his drive-through RPG page on I, I think one of the latest issue that it did say something like oh you know that he's actually used AI to sort of generate some of the
0: content. They There's require that of it. they will they, shut you they, down they, if you don't if you have it on there and you do not uh, uh, signify that they will they'll take it down. That's right.
1: Now I, I I'm not sure if, if 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 he referred to the art on the cover or the interior or If it actually referred to the content, uh, the, the written content,
0: but oh, I, but it's just art, I think it's all it, it amounts ah, to, right, uh, right? So, okay, well, maybe
1: I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong, but 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 I but I think we'll probably start to see uh AI
0: generated written content probably come into, come into RPGs as well. So, it was kind of interesting when I did because when I did Fan of the Fly God, I just kind of went into just this this weird, wacky mode and. It started, it was actually pulling out, it started pulling stuff. Sometimes you don't know what it's taking from. But then there's points where it's like, you're taking it's started taking stuff, I think, from Lovecraft. And it started taking stuff from uh the Bible. It started taking like excerpts wow, from wow. the book of Job, but it was doing weird stuff with them. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and it's like and it even took stuff, eventually, I would do certain things. It would take stuff I could tell I was getting from, from bulletin boards, from RPG groups. But whenever I tried to do a search to, to see where it was getting it from, it was mangling in it enough that I could never find where it was taken. But I knew this was IP that it was taking.
1: Right, yeah. I, I, I think what's interesting about that is that I have read that, um, that OpenAI, for example, which is where a lot of these... Other AI programs kind of, you know, suck their information from um, because OpenAI does have an open API, does have an API that you can pay for if you've got, you know, if you've got a website like a, you know, that writes like say a marketing copy or something like that, you can actually license that, you can, you can license their, their sort of data. Uh, OpenAI will not actually disclose where they get their information from. I mean, they obviously suck it up from everywhere, right? you know, but, but they actually won't for, I, I think for IP reasons, actually say, well, this is, the, you know, this is the data that it's actually, that we've actually sort of trained on. They they, they actually won't
0: disclose that. Right. But the, but the thing is like, when you're pulling up stuff, it's referring to, you know, specific uh, um, RPG IP. That's like, this isn't like talking about trolls and, and gnomes, but, you know, I can't remember what the reference was to, but very specific things to like, you know, D D or pathfinder or something. You're like, you know, there's something
1: weird going on here. Well, look, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean the way I think about it is, is if it's ever been published on the internet, then, then they're, 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 they're probably training on that data. If it's actually been, if it's actually online somewhere in a blog or whatever, yeah, they're actually, they you know, open AI I mean, it's training
0: on that data one hundred percent. It's strange, you, you know. You know, I never really thought about it. Just in these nooks and crannies, it was digging.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, it's like that's that's pretty astounding. But then there's other times where I try to do stuff, and it just it just repeats the same boring stuff over and over again. It's like, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: But but writing copy would be nice. I I think I would definitely because uh, I hate that. For a website or for, you know, if I, if you could have something automatically AI just generate your, uh, your Kickstarter, that'd be nice.
1: Oh, it'd be fantastic. I mean, it would (laughs) save you, you know, it would save you a month of work. uh, Yeah, it would save you a month of work if you could. actually, but you know, look, I mean, these things I think can be really, really useful for, for things like that. Or for example, if you, if you wanted to write like a really catchy blurb about your book to drive through RPG like a one paragraph kind of summary to get people excited about it i think by all means like try try using you know these ai programs to kind of help you mold you know you know you know uh just uh you know to mold some text to to, to, to you know which will you know which will catch someone's attention i mean i
0: i'm i'm all for it yeah, and I think the other uh, good thing to do is if you're if you're trying to maybe quickly populate when I say quickly uh, an area with maybe different groups, um, you can kind of use those to create. Uh, you gotta have a sufficient amount of info, but you can like, dump some stuff in and, and kind of uh, create strong ideas for for different groups or different people, uh, yeah, sure, which is kind of sure. nice too. And I've kind of, I've kind of, for at least early on, for a student to write, saved a lot of notes and did a lot of things. But I think in the end, it was just, I think kind of like you were saying, it just was just too much. And so a lot of stuff that I thought would be good for later on, I'm like, no, (laughs) it's just
2: like, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah. And I don't know, and I don't know why the, the, Furor has died down with uh with the uh with mid journey but uh, maybe 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 it's with twitter uh going on its descent a lot of those voices that were so upset have uh, moved on to uh, to other pastures i don't know
1: yeah 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 i mean again too yeah i i yeah i think the same i just i haven't seen much yeah you know, i haven't seen much much on social media i think you know i think there i think there were uh you know, I think there was a sentiment out there that it would probably, you know, that it might take away from, uh, might take away work from from artists.
0: Uh, you know, if that but was, I, I think, I, the people that were upset. That was, I think, the biggest part was yeah. is, either is stealing I, I, from artists or taking money away from artists.
1: Yeah, I, I, I personally don't think it'll take work away from artists. You know, I mean, I mean, not not in the area that we're in. I can, I can certainly imagine in some. No, I can imagine some of these are you know publishers that do the bigger, glossier kind of, you know, very, you know, you know, very sort of uh, you know, very high fantasy kinds of, you know, you know, you know, things like, you know, the pesos and and the uh you know, the and maybe like the Monty Cooks and stuff like that. Maybe they might, because that aesthetic kind of suits what they're doing. Yeah. But for example, like in 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 what I'm doing, which is kind of, you know, which is almost like, you know. I mean, my publications have you know, almost like a retro sort of 80s kind of aesthetic to them. I mean, the art that Mid Journey does would be completely unsuitable for what I'm doing. It's completely unsuitable.
0: Well, and I think it also goes back to, um, it, it's like I, somebody was getting upset. And I, I mention you know, I'm old enough to remember when drum machines um, came on the market. Right. We still have drummers.
2: Yeah there's,
0: yeah, there's no shortage drummers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's going to be the same. Look, and obviously some kinds of music suits having a drum machine, you know, like if you make a particular kind of, I don't know, like if you make kind of dance music or something, maybe it suits having a drum machine. And maybe yeah. with, with maybe with AI art, if if you're doing a particular kind of a project, that sensibility kind of uh, you know. You know, AI art would suit that. But if, but you know, if you you do other kinds of things, then like in my case, for example, uh, that you know, that AI kind of art would be very jarring. Would just be very discordant. Sort of, you know, mixing, mixing the presentation and the layout and the writing with that kind of aesthetic. It just doesn't sort of belong together.
0: Well, I think the 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 couple other things too is you know, I me me trying it and me watching other people because with Midjourney. You type in your prompt, and then because it's a lot of people on there. It only take like a couple minutes for it to generate what you want, and then it's didn't either want some variation or you want to upsize it. I mean, it takes more minutes, and and then each time you want to try and do something or upgrade, it, it takes more. It's a lot of time for each iteration.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In the end, it's like you could just pay the artist and and actually. Go on, do other things and come back and in your mailbox, there's a finished piece of art.
1: Yeah. And look, I mean, to, I, I agree. And look to 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 get good at I mean, if there is such a thing, to get like good at making mid-journey art, like the two examples that I've seen that I follow on Instagram, I mean, they would have put a long, long time into actually going through all the trial yes, and yes, error. Yes. So so I think just because you actually, you know, have, you know, the basic prompts, like you you really have to get. It's like anything in life, you know, you really have to go into the rabbit hole and go in really deeply to get good at anything. Um, And to actually have something like that's made by Mid Journey, which is distinctly yours, even though it's kind of sucking off, you know, a lot of things out there and a lot of different artists. But to get something like where it's kind of fairly sort of unique, which has your own kind of stamp on it. I mean, it just requires tons of times, and and it's. I mean, it's something that I'm not certainly not prepared to spend my time doing. Like I'd, I'd rather kind of write and do layout, and commission, you know, commission an artist uh, to to actually to, to to actually do that, you know, uh, to actually do that aspect rather than spending, you know, hours and, or, or days and days, you know, trying to get the
0: right image. Well, and I think the thing is when you're you're paying an artist, you know, if you think about. You know, really, what are you paying for? You know, it's, it's, you know, ink or paint on paper, which we're only talking material costs, you know, very small. But that's really not what, I mean, if you just still it down, that's really what you're buying is, uh, is ink on paper. But what you're really paying for is everything else besides that. You know, it's the 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 brains, the eye, the technique. It's 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 not that final product, but all that stuff that it takes to get to that final product. Yeah. It's not just and a summation of just pencil marks on paper, ink marks on paper. I mean, there's a lot of other things that go into that.
1: Yeah, and and and, and it's also the time that an artist spends. You know, like um, I mean, I uh, I mean, in my publication dungeon, you know, it's a uh, you know, I, I think I commissioned about—I can't remember how many artworks. It could have been about 10, 10 different artworks, and you know,
2: all the artists put a ton of time into each one. Probably, uh,
1: you know, you know, by the hour. Probably are uh, well above and beyond what was paid. You know, what I paid them. You know what I mean? Like they, they actually yeah. went far above and beyond and just put in an incredible amount of time into, in, in, into making each piece sort of really great. And, you know, and that's, I, I'd much rather have that kind of collaboration with with another person who who can who actually, you know, uh, bring something to it that I possibly couldn't have sort of done myself.
0: Well, that's what I was kind of getting at too. It's like, there is also, you know, you are also paying for, a collaboration in a sense that, you know, it's kind of interesting what I find is like you have an initial vision. You kind of convey to some degree that artist, they kind of a lot of times will have something. They'll come back to you. um, And then you may make some comments and it really turns into something that's actually, you know, could be better than either two of you would come up individually, but there's something magical about that process where, The two working together create something that 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 wouldn't have existed before, and it's it's something that you on your own just dictating, you know, man with sword stabbing dragon, you know, isn't necessarily going to convey.
1: Yeah, and I actually find that collaboration thrilling. You know, I mean, for me, it's thrilling to actually work with. uh, I mean, it's worth every cent. You know what I mean? To actually work with an artist who, uh, yeah, is, is just going to amplify what I'm doing or, or, or actually give or actually visualize what I'm doing. You know, it's just something that um, uh, that every artist I've worked with so far in, in you know, in, in the publications where I've commissioned work has uh, exceeded my expectations in every possible way. I mean, they've actually brought something to it. They've visualized, you know, you know, they've just visualized something. And, 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 and that kind of relationship that, that you actually develop with an artist, I mean, to me, that's just invaluable. To me, that's kind of—I mean—I enjoy that part of it as much as I do every other part that I do. You know, I actually—I actually look forward to, to the artistic collaboration, uh, you know, a lot. You know, to me, that's just such an integral part of what I'm doing. You know, actually getting to the point where I think, well, I've got enough words, and I'm going—you know—I'm going to approach this artist to, to commission to do something because that bringing that sort of energy into a project is just, you know, it's just thrilling for me. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just a, it, you know, to me, it's just such a, such a necessary part of what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And it also just did the, the act of, you know, getting those files and opening up the first time seeing what somebody's come up with is pretty, pretty fantastic.
1: Well, you know, arts, arts evocative, you know, people talk about the writing being evocative, but you know, but arts evocative. You know, I mean, art is what probably brought people to RPGs in the first place when they were young. You know, if you got into them when you were young, I mean, the thing that really captured your attention more than anything else. In, I mean, in my case, certainly would have been the art. And that's just something that I think it's just. Uh, you know, I would. I, I. I. That's why I would never use AI either, because you know it. it, it it's like look, commissioning art for uh, RPGs. It, it. 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 It's not like that expensive, for example, compared to a lot of other uh things that you would have to commission sort of work for in in in
2: other fields. I mean, you know, uh so
0: well it well, yeah, but for point if you if you don't have much money to begin with, um, and starting out, uh, it becomes more difficult. Like for instance, I've started out um using a lot of uh I still use, depends on what it is, still use a lot of stock art, but you know, I think as you build, you can, you kind of generate a base, but, but if you don't have, um, if you're doing it early on, it, it can be pretty costly.
1: Oh, no, definitely. And I think, and, and I think, I mean, look, I mean, there's, there's thousands of pieces of stock art on, on DTRPG, for example. And a lot of it's just fan. a lot of it's fantastic. A lot of it's fantastic. And, you know, and it's not, it's, it's not really that expensive. It's, uh, no. and, and there's also, I mean, look, I mean, when I, when I did my first I mean, my first three uh, publications were all public domain art, were all things like, uh, you know, we're all, we're all kind of basically old master paintings found on public domain websites, you know. And um, so I, I, I don't think I commissioned my
0: first artwork till my fourth publication. Yeah, I, I for Kickstarter, I did it with my first, but that was only one piece for the cover. Yeah. But but I, I find myself I'm a, I'm kind of a cheapskate until I finally write that check and then I'm then I'm okay with that level. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah. Well it well it took it, it yeah. Look I mean it took me three three and then when I actually commissioned my first uh my first piece of artwork uh and I think the first artwork that I commissioned was actually an entire book like I did Nightland with an artist called Andrew Walter where he did absolutely everything uh, other than the map which was done by another artist. But, you know, that, that was my first, but, it, but it, took, it took like, you know, three books before that, but using really fantastic public domain art. So there are solutions out there if, if, if you don't have, I mean, I didn't have money to commission work and I found one. So there are solutions out there and public domain is one, stock art on DTRPG. I mean, I've seen great things on DTRPG, which are like $255 an image. Right. You know? And so you know there are there are solutions out there for, for uh, you know for, to, to 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 do things that are kind of inexpensive and still get a fantastic
0: result. Yeah, it's it? because you know in Traveller the very first edition, um, I believe there was no art, and um, there was no art. There was no art because they had no money. <laughs> art but, but I, mean, I, I don't have any copies that are that early, but, but, but once they had money to put art in there, they put art in there. I mean, you, you really art really is, is a net. It's, it's part of the thing. I mean, obviously they sold books without art, but, um, but still um, it, it is, it is a, it is, it is part of the book. I mean, just, I think writing layout and art is the, is the Holy Trinity for, for these books or these zines or whatever is that we do in all three kind of are, are all very important for success. They're very
1: important. Yeah. They're very important. I think you can get all three, right. Um, and you know, you, you actually can, can have a great, a great sort of a great product.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been, but uh, yeah. The, the last thing I just want to talk to you about was Twitter. The, uh, is there an exodus? It seems to be. Is it a mass exodus? I don't know. I'm
1: not sure. Um I joined a site uh which I think I was told to join by everyone on Twitter called Mastodon. Yeah. And I joined uh I think I joined a I don't I, I don't really understand how it works, but I joined a server called Dice.camp or something like that, which which, which I think a lot of the RPG people have joined. Um I I don't haven't i mean I'm not even sure if there's a phone app for that to be honest I haven't looked into it but but i but I look at it once a day on 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 my uh computer browser i kind of don't really like it to be honest you know, I actually do like twitter a lot because because I'm so used to it and and also i I get a lot of other kind of news on twitter as well um i you know i i i and from what I see is I still see a lot of people posting in 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 both places
2: yeah I still
1: see I still see a lot of people i mean i mean my hope is is that this whole twitter thing can kind of get resolved i I don't know what what that even means but i'm 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 hoping that it kind of settles down because i you know i uh i I really don't want to go off twitter uh because I feel that um I just don't really want to start again on another social platform to build up an audience again from scratch. You know, it just seems like I, I I'm just not sure if I've got the bandwidth to do it kind of another another time, you know, because uh because I've because I, I've actually found Twitter to be really good for me. Um and I really like the people that are that I follow on Twitter. I like the RPG community on Twitter. I I, I just like how Twitter sort of works. I like you know, the retweeting. I like the commenting. I like kind of the app. I like a lot of things about it. Um, I understand that there's, you know, kind of issues now with, with the new ownership, but I'm just kind of hoping that I'm I, I'm actually going to hang in there till the bitter end and not really move most of my content, social media content creation off because I just, uh like I said, I just don't know if I've got the bandwidth to, 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 to really do it all
0: over again. It's so- just, you know, it, you know if it, it, you know going back uh, a few months ago i would have figured that twitter's quote unquote demise would be you know a long slouch you know till it finally hits the floor i did not expect a person to go and set everything on fire for no yeah, very good yeah, reason yeah. like i'm still yeah, like yeah. First, I was like, I'm not sure what everybody's all upset about. I'm like, I really don't understand. Don't understand. I guess we can't understand. We don't have a billionaire's mind. But uh... yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean the whole thing's kind of unfortunate. I mean, what what do you
0: think of Mastodon? Have you have you dabbled around? No, what happened was it? I I I I attempted because I just heard about Mastodon. I went to log on, I saw all these servers. And I just like locked up. <laughs> and then a friend of mine posted like, no, you need to get on this server. And it's like, I haven't done it. Cause it's just like, I'm getting old. My brain's getting calcified, I'm getting set in my ways. I got my favorite chair it's just too much work to, to just go through yeah. all this mess i mean
1: i'm mean, yeah i mean i feel the same it just um and and also too you know it's it, it, it's uh i mean the, the server that i'm on it's uh it's just RPGs. uh it, it doesn't sort of allow access to other things like other news and um and i, I just yeah again too it, i i i just uh you yeah, look i i just hope that the twitter issue resolves and that we get to keep it because I I just don't think from what I've
0: seen of Mastodon that I will be spending much time there. I would say that for all the things I'm doing now,
2: myself, for all the RPG,
0: uh, from the podcast to to uh, finding freelancers and communicating with people, uh, I would say as far as in the RPG community, yeah, Twitter is probably the, one of the strongest legs uh, of the stool uh, by oh, it's far. The
1: it's, it's the same here. I mean, it's been, you know, like I said, it's been fantastic for, for what I've been doing. And um, and I'd be really sad because I, I actually kind of got into G+, really in the final months of G+. Oh, that's and, sad. Uh, <laughs> It is. So I, I was never there for the G plus kind of thing. Um, so I really just got into it kind of when, when I mean, re- really in the final couple of months. And I, I never used it much, but I, I hear about it. And um, and that obviously must have been a really powerful catalyst for conversations and creators and things. And I feel for me, Twitter's been the same. And to, to kind of, I don't know, it's just, a, I, I, I kind of hope it resolves. I'm not sure if it will.
0: Um, but I will. I will just see what happens. I think. Um, yeah, and I can, get, I can still get kind of emotional about G plus. Um, yeah, I, a, lo- lot th- pe-
1: a lot of a lot of a lot of people are like you. A lot of people do it, you know. but It was really important for a lot of people.
0: I think the the people were angry about them shutting it down. I wasn't angry. I mean, it was a business decision. Um, you know, and I, and the way I look at it was Google did a thing. They tried to do a Facebook kind of thing, and it failed. And I reaped the benefit of it for X number of years, and they shut the doors. I could get that. (laughs) I just don't get the Twitter bit. (laughs) That I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to buy this mansion, and then I'm going to set it on fire. (laughs) Yeah. While doing lines of cocaine on the floor. And then, like, yeah. I don't what you're yeah. I, mean, I mean, it sounds like things like that are probably happening, you know, in, in, yeah,
1: in the background because, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is, yeah, you know, the whole thing is just, you know. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, it's just, it's just very, very unfortunate. I mean, it's very unfortunate, I think, you know. Um, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think, you know, probably, you're right. It's either, I think the problem is is we're already fairly fragmented. It's really hard, it's really hard to find a, a means for It's not if if you're a person that just wants to talk about D&D 5e I mean there's plenty of places, it's very easy to find, but it just seems like for people like us who are creating stuff and are creative types trying to interact with other people, uh, there is really nothing else quite like this at all there is nothing like this
1: no there's nothing else like it and and i also think too that if more things kind of spawn off um you know like people were talking about another another platform called hive which people are joining as well other than mastodon i mean i've never i've never gone on to hive but people were talking about hive i think for me it's just i i just simply don't have that time in life you know to actually look at Reddit, look at Facebook, look at Hive, look at Mastodon, look at Instagram, you know, look at all these kinds of things. And I felt for me is that, you know, uh, uh, Twitter kind of did everything, you know. It, it, you know, it was, the, it was the kind of place that if any kind of interesting conversations were happening in RPGs, uh, they would kind of find their way to Twitter. And, you know, you could figure out everything about what someone was doing, what someone what, you know, stuff that people had coming up, coming out. On 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 uh, our Kickstarter it kind of made its way to Twitter, and it just became a hub where if you just went on that uh, Twitter, you could really get a great overview of exactly what was happening in 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 in, in, in the hobby. Whereas I find that now with this, all this fragmentation, I just think, God, you know who's got who's got all this time, you know, to go and kind of to spend like ten minutes here and ten minutes there, and just just just. It's, it's just you know, I, 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 that's just something I just kind of don't want to do. I just don't want to do it at this point in my, you know, my age and at this point in my life. Now I don't really want to sort of start again and say, well, let's just go to, you know, let's go to all these different sites and get like kind of just a bit here and a bit there and kind of be on everything. And,
0: you know, I, I think what's was also good about, and, and these other social media sites could do the same thing, be as good. But I think for me where Twitter is also better than um like say Facebook, I do enjoy Facebook, uh, but I think Twitter is, is to be able to discover n- new people's much better, especially if you're trying to look out, like say for artists, that's a really great spot to start following people oh, and seeing stuff. And, and then you're like, okay, I've got people in mind. in fact, I've done that where it's like, you know, this person I want to work with someday. Nothing that, they're, that I'm doing right now will work for that, but eventually there will be a project I want to do, and I want this person to do the art. And then you can oh, follow tw- them and uh, send them an IM maybe, and then, uh, and then say, you know what? I want to work with you in a few years. And uh, then you have them in your <laughs> inbox, and then it's a very easy way to manage those contacts. Yeah, tw- 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 Twitter's been great for that. I mean, tw- tw- Twitter's great for discovery and uh, for
1: discovery for a lot of different things. And I find that the problem with Facebook is that I, I'm a member of, you know, some Facebook groups, you know, like OSE and OSR and the RPG Zine group, and I just find that because it's actually broken down by a very specific kind of interest, I just don't think you really get that sort of discovery of other things. No. Like, I, I don't, like, for, like, for example, I don't play Morkborg, but I really like the aesthetic of Morkborg, and I kind of want to know what the Morkborg community is doing. And I find that you know I, I want to know what a lot of communities are doing. Like I, I want to know what the Mothership community are doing. I want to know what the Can community are doing. And I find that with 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 Twitter, you, you you kind of just that that all comes into the stream somehow, you know. Whereas I find right. that when when you're in the OSC group, uh, when you're in the OS Old School Essentials group in Facebook, you don't really hear anything about what the more bold people are doing, or you know, unless you actually join the group and. Whereas I find Twitter was just kind of a great information kind of funnel for for, for a lot of kinds of things, you know, and uh, and I think that that's what I'm going to miss if 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 it kind of goes completely
2: kaput. Yeah, I'm just going to miss the dis-
1: I'm, I'm going to miss that kind of discovery, you know, of of of, of things that I uh, have never heard about, but when I uh, see them. I think yes I I did want to hear about that you know and I'm glad it sort of came into the periphery of my vision through the Twitter stream whereas I just don't think that and I think that Twitter's kind of probably the only, the only platform social platform that I know that kind of has you know that kind of does that well it does it well because of the retweets and the fact that you know if, if someone you follow likes something that comes into your stream and I just I I just think it works really well and it's it's really I'm really kind of pissed off that someone's going to screw it up. <laughs> you know,
0: it's just such a shame. You know? You, you know, it's one thing for you know if if you buy a twenty dollar object and you decide to throw it in the trash. That's one thing. But would have spend like forty four billion to just throw it in the trash? I just like it's inconceivable. It's, it's just madness. inconceivable. It's inconceivable. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: inconceivable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well,
0: it's like it's it, it's like boys and their toys. You know. I guess so. I guess so. But who Voicing knows? Maybe, voice. you know, maybe he'll he'll be properly medicated one day, or or somebody responsible will take over, and uh, maybe he'll get back to its its slouching yeah, towards yeah, its slow yeah. demise. But uh, look, I mean, I, I mean, look, I mean, I think
1: the best thing. He, he, look, I'm certainly no expert, but I think the best thing he could do is actually just kind of step out of it and just appoint someone who's a, a just appoint a CEO. who who can actually uh, just, you know, who can actually be the face and, you know, the voice of the company. And he should just completely step back because every time he said something and does something, I just think, God, this thing could really go under. You know, this thing could really, (laughs) really really go under. You know, that's been built up now over 15 years. It's become kind of a, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's almost like the pulse of where, the, the world conversation is taking place about a lot of things. And, and and I think, no, it's 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 important that something like this exists, you know, and he should just simply just step out of it completely and just appoint just someone who who can actually take over that kind of that role and just give them full responsibility without sort of intervening in it. Just step out of it completely. I'm I'm not sure if that would even work, but 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 I just think that the more he's in there and you know, the more things he says, it's just like, oh god, you know, it's 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 just getting worse.
0: Yeah, it's it it's kind of interesting in that because my son was uh was talking to me this uh, my teenage son, and there's some sort of debate they were talking about uh, is a YouTube had banned this person for, I guess, supposedly, uh, I guess this guy just makes. Him, it, the stuff he says is quite terrible, um, very misogynistic, type leaning, and he got shut off from Facebook. Not Facebook, but from YouTube. And he said, "Well, nobody knows exactly why. They're assuming because of the things that he was saying uh, was just awful." Is what a lot of people are thinking, and so some people are taking uh, are upset that this is like a censorship issue, and then. And so we kind of have this discussion, it's kind of interesting in that, you know, YouTube and Facebook, uh, they are private companies and they're providing a, a service that they're extracting money out separately, but they are a private company. But yet also, on the other hand, they are also a means that people rely on for communication as well. and it's a strange world that they inhabit like this is would have been inconceivable, I think you know I don't think people could comprehend this dilemma that we have as far as speech and ownership and corporations having control over speech and you know what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed, who decides it, it's It's really a strange conundrum, and I don't know we've got this all figured out either
1: well, I don't think we do because I don't think things like twitter and uh youtube have ever existed before so there are no precedents for what these things even are right i mean i mean i mean i mean are they companies or are they are they just the way we communicate now that i mean i I don't have the answers to that but i feel that especially things like twitter i mean i mean twitter is far bigger than a company i mean twitter uh you know you know these platforms have uh, the power to influence, you know, on in ways that to in, you know to to, to influence people in uh, in 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 really deep and profound ways. Uh, that it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know what they even are.
0: Well, it's because like, I think
1: because I think I think they're certainly bigger than a private company. That's yeah, for
0: sure. Right, and it's it's but it's it's also like it, it's funny how they have really become another avenue. That never existed. It's like, you know, the paper existed for a long, long time. That was pretty much it. And then radio came along and then TV. And then, but everything was, you know, basically information being pushed, you know. But now with this opening up and especially seeing what's going on with these other nations where, you know, between Apple and various companies turning off functionality or leaving on functionality or, you know, certain countries making certain demands of twitter and people being upset and it's like it's a it's really a strange it's a it's a very strange situation we find ourselves in and how important these uh i don't want to say they're institutions but they're almost in a way kind of becoming institutions
1: oh it's wild yeah i mean i think what was i reading today i was reading something where i'm not i, I think this is correct where where the chinese government requested that uh, Apple turn off their AirDrop feature during the protests that are happening now in you know, throughout China and Shanghai. Yeah. Because, Air, because AirDrop actually allows people to communicate without an internet connection and and apparently that that apparently uh, the Chinese government actually asked uh, asked Apple to turn that feature off. So off, so off the iPhones.
0: if I understand I think it's the I think there's a an ability to AirDrop to everybody in your in within your transmitting area. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's where they could get a number of people could all of a sudden create a chain of
1: that's communication. Right. that's right that's right and, and 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 I believe that that feature was asked uh by the by the government to be swi- switched off people's phones i mean that's pretty wild that's pretty wild if that's if that's the case <laughs> i mean i mean what what do you even call that i mean what what is that you know it's kind of it's just it's just it's something that's so new uh that you know the, these uh you know these things that we've made these these communications platforms are, are are just obviously so powerful you know um I mean I mean I mean I just don't think we realize what uh they're doing to us. I mean what you know look I mean one thing that all these platforms have done they're for example I mean they've diminished everyone's attention span you know down to kind of what five minutes if that right you know? you know, you know, they've actually, they've actually rewired out neural networks to kind of, I mean, they've diminished attention, but for sure, for sure. I mean, the fact that, you know, the fact, I mean, I mean, one thing, you know, I mean, I mean, one thing to look at is like, uh, here's an example, like, I, I just don't do long form reading anymore, like I used to 20 years ago. Same. I just don't do long form reading, you know, it's like, I mean, my attention span for reading now is probably like five minutes or or, or, or 10 minutes. And then, I need to, and then I need to kind of go into something else, you know? And, uh, and I think that all these communications platforms have obviously obviously done
0: something, have been a contributory factor to, to, to that. Yeah, that's why we need the old school essentials way of uh, uh, formatting adventures, because we can no longer read the long form Gygaxian prose. Well, look, I
1: mean, that's right. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I've actually been going, uh, I've actually been doing a reread uh, of a lot of the old kind of uh, basic and advanced, all the classic kind of modules. You know, I bought them all on Drive, drive through RPG. And I'm just going through all of them. You know, like really carefully. You know, basically to learn how to write better adventures for myself. And I think, oh my God, there's just walls and walls of text. You know, it's just like there's like half a page describing a dungeon room. You know, yeah. um, You know, or you know, describing all the granularity of a dungeon room. And 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 when I actually read it. I, I kind of just don't know what's going on at all. I have to read it kind of like kind of a few times. And even then, when I get three quarters of the way through it, you know, I just get distracted somehow. <laughs> yes. And then I just get distracted. And then when I look at, you know, when I look at the kind of modern way of doing these uh, these adventures, I mean, they're, they're like the old school way. They're, you know, the old school essentials way. It's like a short paragraph with a couple of bullet points, you know, and it's kind of, and the whole thing's about five or six lines. Of what used to take you know a quarter of a page, and uh, so so you know yeah so that's uh, that's how it's manifested in our hobby. For good, you know, uh, I think for the better. I think I think I think it's great, you know. But you go back to the older way of doing it, and and there's a lot there,
0: but you have to really
1: apply yourself if you're going to get anything out of it.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to as we mentioned before, is some people enjoy modules for for reading them um but you know rather than for running them yeah yeah and i just you know i i picked up some um not to bang on i got bought some rune quest adventures and i started flipping through those and i'm just thinking you just cut down some paragraphs here just give me an outline like
1: are these are these the uh, are these the older ones like the Chaosium ones from from kind of the 70s no from, it was kind of a like newer the one 80s?
0: the i do this one uh it was actually newer ones um are actually kind of neat adventures um but the it was just it was just it just was it just was just too many words i mean it's just like just cut to the chase i don't i, I don't know I don't know how to describe it. It's like the words that they're adding, just, I want information, important information conveyed, like if something's evocative or describing something, sure, give me a, you know, give me a paragraph. But if it's just, you know, basically the, they had this thing where this woman sings and they, they want your characters to, uh, the characters
2: to, uh, to sing along with her.
0: And if they do, uh, they get some sort of bonus for doing that. But they, you know, go on and explain how she can sing in such a way that demonstrates that she's a competent singer, but she's leaving an opening for people to to fill in. And and, and they go through this whole long, elaborate thing where they spend like two paragraphs saying, you know, hey, this is your chances for your characters to use their, their musical skills you know, she's going to sing this thing and they do great. They get this. If they don't, then this, you know, it's all they needed to do without going through this whole elaborate, you know, discussion of musical theory and harmonies. And it's just like, right. right. Why are you doing this? Like, right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, well, I think,
1: uh, what did I pick up recently, which, which I love, but does that. that that's right. I picked up a, I picked up a new uh, module by Goodman games dungeon crawl classics and 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 they kind of still have that they still have that writing style you know of uh you know uh really long room descriptions you know with kind of read aloud text and then maybe a few paragraphs describing what's going on in the room and i think i you know i think that that's how that's how they started uh, when they released their dungeon crawl classics line i, I think that was back in what 2012 or 11 and and they still do that so i i think that that definitely has a big audience because you know there there are a lot of DCC fans and I I was a huge DCC player for about five or six years, but I think when when you actually compare it now to this new kind of writing, you know this kind of uh, you know which I, which I think we start you know which I wouldn't say that Gavin Norman pioneered it, but he did have a big kind you know with his uh with his old you know you know with things like Winter's Daughter, Hole in the Oak, uh you know uh. You know, with these early modules, this idea of you know, like a you know, bracketed text and bold and bullet points and stuff like that. That's, uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of creators are still trying to find the perfect solution uh, to to uh, to that because uh, because you know, so, 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 J- James Raji made from Lamentations of the the the, uh, the Flame Princess. He, he made a very interesting post. I think last year in the L-O-T-F-P Facebook group he was actually talking about that he was actually talking about you know why he likes doing such long sort of descriptions in his books of you know uh, uh, like room descriptions for example and why he why he doesn't go down the path of kind of minimalism which which a lot of you know more you know more contemporary things are going down like OSE more mothership for example you know, people actually ask them, they said, well, why don't you go down this path? Why do, why, why, do, why do your modules have, you know, why do your adventures have such kind of, so much kind of prose in there? And he said, well, because there's a whole audience out there that just reads and doesn't play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said there's a whole audience of, of, of people there that buy RPG books. They still call themselves gamers, but they actually just buy to read, they actually buy it to read as kind of metafiction. You know, and that's kind of warranted, I think, because there are people out there that do. I mean, I buy tons and tons of RPG books, but I probably played about not even one percent of them because I only have like two gaming groups. I don't play very often. You know, I just don't have the time. I, I love to play them all, but I still enjoy actually. Like with DCC, I mean, I haven't played DCC for 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 a few years now, but I still buy all the books because I actually really really enjoy reading them as kind of kind of fiction and i think that that's kind of you know that to me is a very
2: yeah i mean there's a you know so
0: yeah i think that yeah i think there are different strands you know so uh but see like i read through like death frost doom and that was very wordy but that was actually fairly interesting so i don't know why i found that interesting but i found the i think the difference is is like with death frost doom all that extra text helped really fix in my mind, the creepiness of the whole thing Mm -mm. where I think the other one was just, it it was just over elaborating on something that didn't need to be over elaborated. that one. Yeah. And I don't know where that, I don't know where where that line is. Where's the alarm bell should go off somewhere. I don't know where that is. Right. Right. And
2: um, it's kind of interesting because I, because I think I'm not necessarily consistent but it seems like, I think maybe
0: the difference is, is maybe some do kind of have, I don't want to say reads like a novel, but there probably are some styles of writing that people are able to do that actually mimics more of the, of the typical like, uh, story rather than just being a, a textbook that's been expanded out. And, sure, I, sure, and that probably takes sure. a special talent to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. No, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's one thing that I'm always searching for, which is, you know, what's, what's the best way to, what's the best way to, uh, describe, uh, you know, uh, interactive elements and adventures for, for, th- that are both usable and engaging and, uh, you know, and I, I don't know the answer to that because I think it's an ongoing process, but I'm always looking at kind of what everyone's doing to, you know, to, 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 to try and sort of, Uh, what's the best way to lay these things out in the most economical and articulate and evocative way and the most elegant way possible? Well, I think with
0: Dungeon, you definitely are, if I recall correctly, uh, you definitely pare things down quite a bit as far as, like, I think trying to find, like, because I've tried, I think when I try, I still don't do enough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think with Dungeon, it was just purely out of
1: necessity because I think there were 8 to 10 runes on each page and, and the parameters were that it all had to fit on one page because otherwise, so so there were limitations and, uh, and in hindsight, I don't think that that's an ideal way to write, right? Because I think what you're actually doing is you're basically stripping as many words back as you can because I, I'm actually writing on the layout so I'm stripping everything back to fit one floor per page because it wouldn't make sense for it to go over two pages, because then it just wouldn't just, you know, it, it's just not what the zine is. But, you know, but I I can see, I can see the drawbacks of that 100 percent And it's just really not the ideal way to do it. But having said that, it serves a purpose for it serves a purpose in that zine. And it's it's a great exercise uh, in terms of. Uh, how a writer can work within strict limitations in terms of what it's forcing you to do but it's but it's certainly not sort of ideal because uh because uh, you know you know for a number of reasons but I still think it's good to work with some kind of parameter
0: well no I think you're right because I think as <laughs> you did the discipline you went through it and you you came away with a certain understanding you may not want to do that way again but I'm sure that will serve you later on, and you're probably going to look at things a little differently now. It's kind of like that whole Hegelian what thesis, uh, antithesis, and synthesis, right? Said, right. So I imagine that's that kind of thing where you kind of do a thing, and then you end up doing something kind of in between. I mean, as long as you keep pushing yourself in certain directions, I think you can kind of find a, a constant state of synthesis and, and trying to achieve that perfection, whatever that means.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, it's
1: an ongoing thing and, uh, you know, and I try and sort of, uh, I mean, it would be nice to have AI do that for me if possible. I don't think it can, but
0: yeah. uh, Or just be a billionaire and just pay people to do it. Just pay people to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But,
1: but uh, yeah. But I think, but 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 I think that you know, I I think the next um, I think what I'm go- what I'm trying to do with the next issue of Dungeon is still keep uh, still keep that parameter of, of one level per page, but I'm going to try and sort of do it in a much more sort of conversational kind of style, as opposed to you know, as opposed to this kind of OSE style, which which Dungeon was, which was you know the you know, the bolded words and the brackets and the flavor elements and then the you know, the the nested the nested sort of bullet points and stuff like that. I'm going to see if I can actually do the entire thing in something that's like slightly more conversational. Kind of descriptive, but slightly more conversational without the kind of you know, you know, without the kind of hard breaks between the sentences and things like that. You know, it's just uh I'm, I'm, I'm going to try a slightly different approach because, you know, because I, I wasn't 100% satisfied with, with, with how that was written.
2: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard.
0: It's just, uh, but, uh, but definitely, you, you've got an infinite number of levels to add to this. So you can, you have plenty of time to experiment. Well,
1: yeah, well, I'm going to see how many I can do. You know, I think uh, I mean I I know I've got enough content for at least three. Like I've written kind of three of them already. Like I've got the the content kind of done. Like I mean, but but actually designing it takes much longer than than writing it and 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 then editing it all. But 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 I'll see if I can get to like I'll see if the interest is there. If I can get it to four. That, that would be great. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, if I can get a three, that would be great. But if I can get it before, that that, that would be
0: like quite an achievement. You
2: know? So I, I don't have that, the
0: chops to do it like you do. But one thing I thought about with your idea here was doing the uh, expedition to Barrier Peaks, but in your dungeon style, where each level would be a spaceship level and uh, oh, have
1: oh, a theme. I, yeah. Huh? Well, I, I like. I, I love that adventure. I mean, I just, I just love that adventure. That, 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 that adventure is fantastic. I mean, that's, yeah, and you thats kind of. Uh, I mean, I mean, that was that was like kind of the inspiration behind behind Duncan This Expedition to the Barrier Peak. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, whole... I mean, it. I mean, it was that, and it was you know it was other things like anomalous subsurface environment and Stonehill by <laughs> Michael Curtis, and Mike's Dungeons by Jeff McKinney. I think think's really fantastic, but 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 you know, but Expedition to the Barrier Peaks is is probably my favourite, you know, it's probably my favourite adventure of all time. So it's it's not, I don't think it's the best adventure that TSR ever did, but what's kind of really interesting is that, uh, that, um, that, you know, Gary Gygax in the early days always thought that D&D was a science fantasy game. Right. You know what I mean? Like like he always thought that, I mean, I, I think even Blackmore Dungeon has like robots in it. And that was from kind of 19, that was from 75, 76, you know? So, you know, Gygax always envisioned D&D to be science fantasy. And I think that Expedition to the Barrier Peaks kind of
0: encapsulates
1: that kind of vision.
0: Well, I think it also was, it was probably the most, I'll, this is me reading too much into it, but I also think it, it actually seemed like he had fun doing it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, yeah, the, I think he loved I think he loved every minute of riding that. But it, my thought was you could do the different levels and then, um, and, but do it in such a way like you have openings to different levels and keep those slots the same, but you could, then you could play, you could play the dungeon any, any way you want. You could stack them however you want. It all, no matter how you put them together, would somehow would fit up uh that's a good idea i
1: mean i mean i think you would probably need some kind of elevator tube or something like going through right going through the entire thing so you can actually get from like what level 12 down to
0: level 20 kind of in and 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 some of those tubes may be blocked at certain levels you have to you know walk across or or whatever it may be
1: well i might have to actually incorporate that idea into the next one because i didn't think of doing now that we Talked about expedition to the Barrier Peaks. I I didn't think of uh, including tubes, so I might have to I, I I might have to do that and credit you for it, Jeff. You don't <laughs> for, have to credit for, me for it's the idea Gary. <laughs> because no, because I think that that's a, that's actually a good idea. But no, but that's a that's a that's a fantastic adventure. I, I I've actually been having a blast reading all, all the TSR adventures again, like because I'm sort of going to them. I'm, I'm doing deep readings of them, kind of with adult eyes and with having written a few things and actually going back and. And I, I think what really, I'm reading Castle Lambert at the moment, which I think is just fantastic. Uh, it's just a fantastic adventure. You know, I think that, that was done for BX. Uh, Tom Mulvey wrote that. I think what actually staggers me the most about PSR adventures, uh, you know, you know the, the great ones, uh, what you know, you know, the staggering thing for me is just how much they were ab- able to actually put in 20, 26 to 32 pages. Right. Just how much content they were actually able to kind of cram in there, like 28 to 32 pages. Sorry. There is just so much content in, in these tsr adventures. It's, it's, it's just, it's kind of bewildering, you know, as to how much stuff they, they actually, you know, they, they actually put in there. Like, uh, it, it, amazing you know uh, where you could actually you know i'm not sure how long castle i'm going to run castle amber soon but I, I don't know how long it's going to take but from reading it it's kind of probably like 10 to 15 sessions in a 32 page adventure i mean it's really really staggering uh you know because a lot of you know a lot of things that, you know a lot of things written today uh, you know some of them like DCC, for example, that, you know, they're actually convention games. They're kind of meant to be run in four hours. That's p- part of the big popularity, you know, they're, they're kind of one shots. And a lot of adventures that we buy take probably meant to be run anywhere between, you know, one to three sessions. But these TSR adventures are kind of just staggering in terms of just in terms of the, the density. It's really, really amazing. Like I just, I, 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 never, I, I never thought of that until going back to reread them over the last few months. And I thought, wow, this is just
0: so right. impressive. If you were really to run Expedition to Barrier Peaks and flesh it out, like because it's not fleshed out in its entirety, I mean, you, you could spend, you're right, you could spend forever in that, in that place. You could, you could spend a year. You could spend a year with a gaming group in there.
1: Yeah. And you could easily spend a year. And yeah. it 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 kind of it isn't it isn't fleshed out because I've been reading the um I've been reading the uh I, I got that uh that Goodman Games expedition to the Barrier Peaks kind of uh uh the one that they've done for Five E yeah it's it's one of their I think I think it's called like TSR revisited where they actually do a Five inter- E I don't play Five E but uh but I got it anyway because I actually add a lot of content and kind of flesh things right out. And, you know, that's kind of, I think that's about 300 pages all up or so, uh, you know, and that you could easily play for a year, no problem.
2: So, so, what, so reading through, what do you think are the top ones or your choices for the top TSR modules? What are the top ones? Um, what are the top ones?
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think Castle Lamber, which I've been reading now, is, is fantastic. I think Isle of Dread is fantastic, Uh, The
2: Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh, The Lost City, Um, uh, Queen of the Demon Web Pits, what
1: else is great, The Assassin's Knot, Um, I mean,
0: one of the great ones is uh, uh, the Against the Giant series. Uh so, which is one so to me, G4. The, the problem with some of the ones I think like Queen of the Demon web web pits is it it's it's more difficult, to, I think, to run than some of the other ones. Right. And like what like what, the, what, the, why, the why
1: why do you think that?
0: Well, at least like the Vol of the Drow and or is it Drow, Drow and uh the Hidden Shrine the It's like they got a lot of like traveling and really neat stuff without really good ways of showing how to Actually, doing in an interesting way. It's like they get all these; these things are possibly great, but without really giving tools and how to do it.
2: Right. I I I just don't think they (laughs) thought about things like that back then. Oh, they didn't.
0: (laughs) I I don't think they thought about things like that back then. Mm -hmm. I and I think the secret, the secret, the sinister secret of salt marsh, I think, is probably my top favorite, Um, because if you just do a little bit of tweaking.
2: Um, it because it, I I played it in such a way that the
0: um it just works really well. I mean the, the whole scary scene. The I think I got rid of a few things and added a few things, but in general, um, it it you can play with different games as different people, and it is it is a mystery. If you play it like a mystery, it, it works out really really great. Yeah, it,
2: I I also like a sorry, no, you go ahead.
1: I I also like a uh, it, it's a very sort of basic one, but I also really like Into the Unknown. I think that that's just a great kind of introductory dungeon. I mean, it's a classic. That's that's just fantastic. I don't think we've
0: ever played that one. I'm trying to
1: think. Yeah. It's got a it, great cover. I think it's got a, it's got a fantastic painted Dave Sutherland cover. But that's just a fantastic kind of introductory kind of dungeon, which which actually. It's, it's actually very interesting because it, it actually uh whilst you're reading it, it tells you act it tells you how to actually run it whilst whilst you're actually reading it. It's like uh it, I mean that's a that that's just fantastic. That's that's really great. I mean, so if you ever want to take a party in there on a Saturday night just to kind of kill some kill some goblins, that's 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 that's, that's the one that you
0: need. I think uh the uh keep on the borderlands is pretty much a seminal classic, but I think what's kind of amazing to me is that each of those individual uh, caves, dungeons, were pretty short, but, but they actually were pretty evocative. It's just weird that they're all I, I together. Read, I, have, I, I,
1: I haven't read that one yet. I've got it on my to-do, and I know that it's been, I read it years ago, but I haven't actually gone into it in, in, in depth, but I will do that, hopefully, sort of over Christmas. That's, and I that's ran... kind of one, one of the ones on my hit list.
0: I ran the secret, the sinister secret of salt mart, not sinister secret, the, the cult of the reptile god as modern horror. Well, modern, it was set in the 30s. And I didn't right, have to change much yeah. and put it in a town in, in Arkansas
2: and it ran fine. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. I also like uh, the Lost City.
0: So I've looked through it, I've never ran it. Um, yeah, and it it's it's got a lot of because you've got the different. Uh, it was there two different um, two different um, factions involved in that. That's right. That's it's right. It's taken off of like what Conan's red nails. I think so. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It, it, it's kind of like basically traveling through the desert,
1: and there's there's a kind of you know there's an entryway, and the party goes you know goes in there and sort of climbs down, and there's all kinds of things inside. But that's a. Yeah, that's a that's a really good adventure as well. Another another kind of classic.
0: I just wonder, and the thing that worries me about those is, and I've never tried running it. Is you know, the the I think the big thing about it is is the factions and playing the factions. Um, I just right, don't know how all right. it sets it up for doing that. Um, right, right. That, that's my fear of getting partway, and it's like, now what do I do?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, look. I mean, the amazing thing is, is that a lot of you know a lot of the people that were writing those things were probably in their early twenties. You know, when they when they were doing all that kind of stuff too. So that's that's who kind of were kind of making these things up as they were going along in terms of, uh,
2: you know,
0: just right.
1: in terms of you know things like you know uh, how to run these. I, you know, how to play factions. like I just don't know how much thought there was in in all the minutiae of uh you know of what we think of now you know when writing adventures. I think back then it was just kind of like, they were just kind of doing it now.
0: Yeah, and it it is it it is fascinating because both the time pressures to get things done, the 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 um, the relatively relative youth of it because you know you're right because it it seemed very obvious what was right and what was wrong, but later on they found out. A lot of those ideas weren't right. Or I mean, make the whole idea with, you know, originally I think uh, Gary Gygax didn't think adventures were, were going to be a big seller. Nobody wanted those. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, judges guild's making bank off of this. Let me, we need to get on some of this action. Yeah. yeah I, think they, I think they did. I think they just had a, a handshake agreement
1: about that. Didn't they? they I, I yeah. not think they even got. I don't think they even got royalties because they just didn't,
0: they thought the idea was going to be just a non-starter. So, <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't Knock know. yourself out boys. <laughs> then yeah. they heard the cash register ringing all the way from Decatur, Illinois. <laughs> it's like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I think, uh, and then didn't, didn't PSR didn't get really upset about anyone that put compatible with AD and D on their, on their merchandise. Oh yeah. No. Well, even yeah. with 5e,
2: it was interesting how
0: how afraid people were to make five uh third party product and how they if they were gonna get sued or not. And I can't remember who the first company was that put out a bestiary. And everybody everybody including like Wolfgang Bauer were like watching, like oh, the lawyers gonna descend. <laughs> and right, because right. They weren't very clear. They, they weren't speaking as far as what they wouldn't do. And then uh, then the, 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 the wrath of TSR did not descend upon them. And then I think uh, Wolfgang Bauer and a few others started publishing some stuff, you know, like see how that was going to go. And then once they realized so, as long is as he, they. Uh, it, it, is, is Wolfgang Bauer Kobold Press? He is, yeah. That's him, right, right, yeah.
1: I I did, I did see something uh, online. Now I, I I don't know if this is correct. I'm not sure if you saw it but, uh, that that this kind of future iteration of D and D, which is know, what's it called, One D and D, that that they weren't going to have uh, 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 an open gaming license or, or an SID for that. They
0: weren't yeah, planning to. Yeah, that's where there's been a lot of talk about that, and I, I'm not. I enjoy listening. To, I'm not really concerned about. Fifth Edition, or what's going to be after? By sure to enjoy, I, I sure do enjoy listening to people talk about it. But yeah, it does seem pretty pretty open. I mean, obviously, people can always make content with the SR, with the uh, with the uh, OGL, and with the SRD that already exists. But the way they present information, um, it can make it a little more difficult. But I think the biggest concern is that at least one group concern was that if they put everything electronically, it may kill the need for books. And if you, and if you're getting already your, all your books, like they said with four, four, E, it was the same way. Is it pretty soon everybody's using the, the, the character builder. And um, that was in the software. They were getting their stuff electronically. So even if people were to try and make something, which the the it wasn't SRD, they call it something else for fourth. It was so onerous that there was no incentive to do it. So if 5e, if they make it such a way that it's uh you can still make stuff for it, but it's all going to be electronic and it's going to be on their platform.
2: Right, right, right.
0: Your audience is already locked into that garden.
1: Right, right. Well. I'm sure they know what they're doing in terms of uh, wanting to make a profit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they know exactly what they're doing. They probably have so much kind of data on on their on their, uh, on their oh, customers yeah. that they they. I, I just think that whatever they're going into, uh, they. It sounds like they'll they'll probably be you know probably be quite successful at it. I mean, who knows? But, uh, but yeah, but, uh, but I, I I look forward. With bated breath to to see how that entire saga unfolds.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, and and like it was mentioned by uh, uh, um, uh, Morris from Ian uh, World, um, the you know, as far as the oh, uh, as far as the SR or, or the uh, um, the um, uh, the Open Gaming License, you know, there's no taking that back.
2: Right. Right.
0: You know, but, you know, obviously there's certain things that, um, IP products and, and, and things like that. And, and the SRD does make it much easier to, to make use of material and make it flow without the extra work without having to rewrite everything. But, uh, but you're right. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but no matter what, you know, we've got what we got. They're not going to take away old school essentials or, or, uh adventure conqueror king or, or um, swords and wizardry or whatever it may be. It's, it's, it's all pretty well. It's, it's, it's already, it's
2: irrevocable. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think we're hitting the time space continuum of uh, It's uh All right. Jeff. I, I thought, well, maybe we'll get an hour's worth of talking about Twitter and um, mid journey, but I think we got a little more than that. Yeah, it's- Great to chat again, and uh, well, looking forward to February. We'll, uh, um, I think I might have Gary's appendix two out for those. there. Oh, nice. so we'll, oh well, we'll see I, I hope cool. so.
1: I, I, I haven't seen anything uh, mentioned yet about Kickstarter or what do they call it, Zine Quest next year, but I'm, but hopefully in the next six weeks or by New Year, we'll we'll, we'll have some firm dates. Uh, they have
0: our, never. I'm trying to think. So I think it, they've never ever mentioned it that early. I think it's usually it might do better this time. Because they really yeah. botched this last one.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I just hope that, you know, I think February is kind of a much better time rather than um, rather than sort of summer, you know. <laughs> rather than August. Uh, I I I I did actually I did actually count, I think, and I can't remember what it was. I think Ian Usomar Youson- did a, did a good breakdown of this on, on uh, you know, he, he's the guy behind one of the big mothership uh, Kickstarter successes called, um, called Hullbreach, but he actually did a breakdown of all this uh, about uh, the amount of projects that happened in August uh, of last year during ZineQuest versus uh, February. And I think there were three times as many projects in February as there were in August. So I think in August there
0: were, there were just under 150. And I think in February there are about four hundred and fifty. Well, it's strange. Is there's two things going on. One was it was it was communicated. People had more time to get a zine ready for the the uh, for this last one, but, but a lot of people were
2: put off by it. There's a lot of people who were very upset.
1: I just don't think it's a great time of year. I I, I just don't think uh, you know that time of uh, year. I think, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, February has
0: worked well for quite a few years, and they should probably just stick to it, you know? Yeah, and we'll see uh, how it goes, so one no way or the Yeah. All right, well, until next time, Vasily, take care. Thanks, Jeff.
2: Take care. Nice seeing you again.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to have you on again for a while. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. So uh you've got a you've got
1: a lot of books back there uh in your in your library.
0: Yeah, we we did the homeschooling and now we're getting out of those and now it's uh time to sell things off and consolidate.
1: Oh nice. How how old are
0: your kids? <laughs> well, the youngest one is 16 and a half. Right, right. Did you uh did you have you always hot homeschooled them? Yeah, it had varied. Um so So a lot we homeschooled. So like the oldest we homeschooled, but the last couple of years, he went to mainly went to junior college. Right. And uh, then we had two kids that were part-time high school. Then we had another child that was full-time high school. And then Jack's been um, homeschooled, but there's also part of a co-op where they do uh, like logic um, Latin slash uh, Spanish and um right. a few other things they do as a group
1: how many are when you're actually homeschooling uh, a child how many hours a day are you spending with them
0: it's uh it's probably uh i think my wife it's probably i don't imagine five or six hours that's pretty pretty intense yeah wow wow it's, it's, I mean, some stuff they're doing on their own and like with now, right. you know, as they get older, it's, it's less so, but yeah, it was, it's probably, Amazing. well, we had quite a few kids going at the same time. Um, but now it's just one. It's a little bit, a little bit less uh, strenuous. Wow.
2: Incredible. Wow. Amazing. Hmm. Yeah. So now it's just uh, well, we're hitting the next phase in our life.
0: So it's just a matter of, you know, trying to trying to simplify and cut stuff back, get rid of stuff, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 nice to get rid of things, you know. It is, it is. But I've also been growing my game collection, so that's been. But now I'm going the other direction with that. But as long as I'm selling books and making room for them, we're okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good.
1: All right, I'm gonna uh, yeah. So we hit the shower now and uh, and try and read a bit in bed before I before I pass out.
0: Well, you you, I, you know you're talking about reading. It's like I started thinking today myself is like I have not been reading much. I might I just need to start setting a time every day and just say you know what nine o'clock on I'm just going to read. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I I've actually found it um I've actually found it uh kind of useful because I because after I finished Dungeon I kind of burnt out. You know, I I, uh, I I didn't really do anything for about three months. Any writing, I just couldn't. You know, I just kind of basically felt creatively kind of frazzled, and uh, you know, because I because I, I I tend to work on things kind of concurrently. I tend to work on three or four things concurrently, and I went through a a, a kind of a very intense kind of year, writing as much as I could. You know, in all my free time and. And after I did that full film and I just fucking burnt out, you know, I just like, I couldn't, just couldn't do anything. You know, I just could, I I would sit there and I I actually did not want to write, you know, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I just, I would sit behind the computer and nothing was kind of (laughs) nothing was happening. And I, and that's why I actually got into reading again, because I just didn't really have uh, the impulse to do anything else. Like I thought, well, you know, reading can be work in the sense that I, I have to feel good about not working and just absorbing for a while, uh, you know, which is what I've been doing. And I've only actually been getting back into the writing in the last few weeks, you know, after really like a three or four month break because I just kind of burnt out. Yeah. Just, just, I was just doing it too much. I think all the time. Yeah. I just just uh, burn up. I
0: think just all my time is doing other things. And it's like, I think the reading helps Fill the reservoir back up as far as inspiration ideas.
1: That's that's exactly how I'm looking at it because I've learned a lot, you know, through going, you know, and I'm sort of reading slowly and I'm taking notes and I switch my phone off when I read and try not to get distracted. But I've actually found going back and reading, you know, good things, you know, that you know that are recommended or that you know you see you review it and you think I, I should read this and, and actually give it kind of time and focus. I, I found that that is actually building up the reservoir and i think what i've also found too is i I, i've i've always found it really difficult to get inspiration from novels you know like i you know i i read some novels but i'm not i'm not like a great fiction reader like i actually but i actually do enjoy reading rpgs for inspiration but but you know every time i try and read like all the things that i should be reading for inspiration (laughs) like all the appendix all the appendix n and Right. You know, the Jack fans, you know, which I've read and, you know, things like the Lovecraft, which I like, and the Clark Action Smith, which I like. But when, when I go back into that, I, I just think, no, it's just, I, I just don't get that much out of it. I get more out of, you know, watching films, like, uh, you know, watching, like, horror films and things, you know, like, like uh, I've been watching all the Hellraiser movies oh, again yeah. lately, which I, which I really like for inspiration. But I actually think that the thing that inspires me the most is actually reading other people's RPG work. Yeah, I, I just really connect to it. You know, I really I really enjoy reading. Like I've been reading uh what I've been reading lately. I, I bought Wyvern Songs by Brad Kerr, who's just a very very good writer. He's a very good writer. Uh Brad Kerr. Um you know, he he released a, a, an anthology. Uh uh and I've just really been enjoying that. I've just really been enjoying like his work, you know. And uh and uh yeah, and I I'm also uh Uh, necrotic Nomo releasing uh, an adventure anthology uh next year which was part of their kickstarter uh there and brad has one of the adventures in that uh along with i think dan wilson who does planar compass and yeah uh, they just released it
0: i didn't read it but there's a pdf that got released
1: yeah dan and sarah yeah yeah yeah, well, uh, I I did the graphic design for that, so I'm doing the graphic design for that for that book next year.
0: Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I so, saw your name on something yeah, else, yeah. Uh, necrotic necrotic gnome. Was it the was it uh, carcass magazine? Uh yeah, yeah. I'm doing uh, uh, yeah I'm doing the uh, the art direction for
1: them as well now. So it's really good. Kind of, it's kind of like pa- paid RPG work. Can you believe
0: it? I know <laughs> <I think>,
1: it. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like a. Uh, oh but it, No, it's been good. So I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing that for Necrotic moments. So doing, doing their art direction. So that, that, so what, what that means? It means like reading the articles and actually giving a brief to the artists of what you know, what image should appear in the blank spaces. So, so you know, so that's that, that's been interesting work.
0: Uh, well, it, for the uh, journey of the Madlands, my latest one, I'm actually, you know. Got. I'm getting the rough writing done, putting in layout. Actually, finding spots to put pictures. And like, this is the first time I ever have done that. And it's like I even just went to the internet and just snagged some pictures, and I'll give them to an artist. To say something like this, but I'm actually like first time actually, actually acting like a responsible person and telling a person with art what I really want, rather than just saying just give me some stuff.
2: Right. Right.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's a very interesting process, Art Direction. Um, I I kind of do that. I, I, I sometimes just come up with, like, an in, you know, inspiration images as well, where I can't remember what it was. I think it was for Carcass Crawl. I think it was a character class. It was for a, uh, what was it for? I think it was for one of the classes that Gavin wrote. I can't remember what it was, but I think I gave the artist, like, maybe Stefan Pogue, I sort of collected all these things from the internet and said... This is what the character class should kind of look like, and you know, and then but but then he brings his interpretation onto it, you know, and uh, and that's kind of interesting too. And I think I, I think what you find with artists too is like uh, like with someone like Stefan, you know, who who I've used for for, for my stuff in the past. I mean, that guy's just a fucking pro. That guy, you know, he's just yeah. uh, he's he's a fucking pro, and he's so quick. He's so quick. And he's just so kind of good at what he's doing that, like, it's like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, it's kind of like whatever he comes up with, it's like, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> he's just, he's just really, really good. But you know, but I, but I think you know, the the necrotic omen, the necrotic nomad are, are very good, and um, and I think what's been good about that is that Gavin had his artists, but I've managed to bring a couple more. That some that I actually found on uh, on Twitter you know, like some I actually found on Twitter, you know, and you know, kind of write to them and see what their schedule's like and, you know, see how much they are and all that sort of thing. But, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, working with artists is good. And, but then there's, you know, the other problem of working with artists, working with good artists is a good artist who's just never available. They've just got right. too much work on, you know. Um, I mean, I mean there, there, there was a couple of artists that I saw on, uh, you know, like someone like David Hoskins, for example. It's a very, very good artist, you know, who uh who, who's uh who's done a lot of stuff for mothership amongst other things. You know, he's had a lot of stuff published in in, in the OSC books, but you know, he's just got so much work on like uh like exalted funeral, give him so much work with all their kickstarts and stuff that there's just no way he can kind of do anything. So it's it, so it's a, it's a double edged sword working with artists because you know, you might have someone on your in your heart's desire of who you want to use, but they're just simply not available. And right. that, that's actually that's actually happened a number of times because they just they just you know because they they can't they can't kind of pump these things out. You know what I mean? So um, well, are they
0: are they've got a schedule?
1: They've got so- a schedule, <laughs> and 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 they simply just can't sort of. Uh, it's like you manufacturing. Know, you know, know, they simply can't. They can't. They can't kind of do it on. You know, they can't just kind of click their fingers. It's like. Right. It's like I, I might, have, you know. They say, "Well, I've got work now, taking me till next spring, and maybe I can fit something in in February, March." I mean, that's kind of the lead time with, with some people, and uh,
2: you know. So, uh,
1: so yeah, so it's a but, you know, working with artists is great. It's uh, it's you know it's it's very rewarding, and if they if they're really good, it's it's just more rewarding because. Uh, if they can kind of bring a visualization to your writing,
0: that really gets you excited about your own work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a you know, there's a very interesting uh, uh, there's a book called Mind of the Maker by Dorothy Sayers, and she used right. the the Christian uh, uh, um, view of the Trinity to explain artistic uh, process, and then she used like theological heresies to explain where it goes wrong. It's very interesting as far as like the motivation, the idea, the idea kind of being made present. And then also the, you know, this, the effect that your work has on other people bringing energy back in. It's really just kind of interesting how that whole, it is kind of like a, almost like a mystical process with ideas and creations, inspiring people that, you know, creates energy that inspires other people or inspires you back. and. um it is a very, it, yeah. It is is pretty incredible. I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, it's uh, very, very rewarding. That's why
1: uh, I couldn't imagine Gavin saying, "Vasily, go to Mid Journey and just generate one of those. <laughs> you know, just, just, just generate a generate like a generated Dragonborn on Mid Journey, please." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the carcass crawler. So yeah, so. No, I I I think artists are here to say. And uh, you know, just just uh I mean, my sort of background is that I I'm not sure if I told you this, but one of the reasons why uh why I enjoy working with artists so much is that I, I was an art dealer in Australia for 15 years. So I had I had my own galleries in Australia where I worked with contemporary art. That's fine. So, yeah. So, so I, I did that for a living for, you know, for, for a lot, my, my, my adult life basically. And I worked with, you know, I think, I think I did about 300 exhibitions over, over a 15 year period. So it's gotta be stressful. Um, well, not really. I had good staff to to, to do it, uh, okay. to, to work with me, but, but, but I worked with, you know, a, a lot of artists kind of managing a lot of artists. And I had galleries in two cities in Australia. So it was just an ongoing kind of treadmill of, working with artists to realize exhibitions you know uh and and that was kind of very rewarding so so to to be able to kind of dabble in it you know and when I moved to New York I kind of gave up that life uh you know because I obviously couldn't bring my business here uh so I still work in it but not in a direct way but I think working with RPGs again has kind of reignited that passion of working with people because now now i just commission artists to, to right. make kind of small illustrations but i still enjoy that relationship and that interaction with artists you know i enjoy that relationship and that communication and i kind of uh i i i uh you know and i really enjoy working with people who i i think are a very talented uh uh kind of um you know uh above and beyond what i ever could be you know <laughs> even though sometimes i would like to be that person as well but they can kind of do it in such a way by orders of magnitude better than i i ever could you know and right. uh you know and that's and that's just something i kind of get satisfaction a lot of satisfaction uh with you know like uh it, it especially when they're good, you know, when you work with good artists, like, like Stefan, for example, like Stefan Polk, who I just rate as and Andrew Walter, who I've worked with, are just very good art. And, you know, a lot of the artists that did stuff for, for Dungeon, like the cover, like Chris Malick and, you know, just they're nice human beings, you know, and they're good, they're good artists that kind of really love what they're doing, you know, and they would, they, they would kind of do it for, irrespective if I commission them or not, you know, because it's just what they enjoy doing in life, you know, and. uh it's like their hobby, you know, and, uh, and uh, I, you know, I think there's just something to be said for that kind of genre of art making, you know, fantasy art. And I, I, it's just something I, I really have great admiration. I, I think it's what got me into games when I was young. And it's, it, it's amazing to be able to like, I'm 50 now, you know, but I, to, but to actually like, uh, be able to write and reach out to these artists and have someone illustrate a piece of writing kind of bring the writing to life, you know,
0: well, so they right kind of,
1: they they can kind of do it justice. And it's kind of an amazing thing. Like I, I never thought I'd be doing this one when, when I first started.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the idea of producing a thing, like actually having a book in the wild is, is kind of, it is kind of, I mean, I do kind of find myself sometimes still surprised you know, like, I'm making books and people are buying them. Like, I, I don't understand. It's like, well, it's, well, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. Cause
1: look, I mean, I've suffered imposter syndrome my entire life, you know, so, so to actually like to actually put stuff out there and, and actually have people respond, it's, it's really quite,
0: quite, quite sort of humbling, you know? Right. Exactly. Like, cause in the end it's just nonsense. It's just like, you know, what is this really? And how does it change people's lives? But yet it's just still part of that whole, whatever it is that we're part of. It's just.
1: Yeah. And I I think the other interesting thing is that, you know, what we're doing has such a, I mean, has such a tiny, tiny audience in the world. I mean, I don't know how many people, I mean, it's just such a tiny, tiny audience. But the fact that uh, technology allows us to connect and find each other, that's kind of amazing because I do not you, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do that 30 years ago. Like, like the fact you might've been able to do it at conventions, but the fact that you can actually like just connect with people that share your interest, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's pretty amazing because here's a way to think about it. Like if you sell a thousand books of what you're doing, you're technically selling 20 books to everyone in each state. Right. It's, so in each state of America, there are twenty individuals in each state, who are, yeah. and that's really not that many. Right? No, but but having said that, you know, you, we, you know, we know where these people kind of uh, stand around the drinking fountain. You know, in terms of we, we we know where they are. You know, and that's kind of one of the great things that sort of technology has done. You know, it's it's allowed, you know, someone like you and me to have this interest, you know, and and actually like connect with people and share that rather than kind of just be on your own kind of doing Well, it. and
0: the thing that's, it's international, because my, my, my kids were kind of astounded. You know, I'm sending books to, you know, New Zealand, Poland. Oh, it's I'm amazing. Fairly, it's amazing. Yeah, like, and sometimes I'm looking, it's like, I assume these people are, I mean, obviously English speaking, but it's like, wow, we're getting into some names and some countries. It's like, you know, it, it's astounding that somebody in Poland's you know, found you found you yeah Yeah, exactly it's, it's, it's like, like, like
1: yeah. it's like they found you you know it's like uh it's like thank god thank god for uh thank god for um for you know for social media and kickstarter like they they actually found you you know and, yeah and that's kind of i mean that's why that that's why uh but you know i think it's good to have an audience and uh i, I think it you know for me it's like uh the fact that you can even just get a tiny bit of response for, from, from something. It re, it's something that it's enough to compel you to keep on going. Well,
0: because I was also mm-hmm. big into photography for quite a while. Yeah, you are a photographer. Like, well, that, was, was that was that your background? Because like, I did, I did you you, you you've I did freelance before. I, so I, I did, did fr- freelance. Well, basically, I did it on the side. So I would do I would do uh, I did some fine art photography, quote unquote, fine art photography. For a number of years just did okay and then I got in a gig doing uh photographing for a, a major gun magazine um i did um would do um like uh product photography and on site photography for about eight years or so right um, right which was which was pretty fun uh it was pretty interesting I got to see a lot of neat things but um so yeah i i but i didn't do it none of that full, I didn't do any of that full time
2: Right, right, right. Where, where, where were you
1: showing uh, your photography? Were you, were you like, where, you uh, showing it in galleries, or kind of selling it, or?
0: I was trying to sell it mainly locally. Uh, at right. uh, I I tried doing some at a museum, and also I did stuff at a. Um, I did stuff at like the um, uh, like a farmers markets and some local art shows. I, what right. I realized is that um, I had a lot of people comment, I had a lot of people like, but I think for this area, the problem I faced was uh, I think the people buying art is mainly women that are actually buying it and they're buying it for decor. Right,
2: right, right, right. So yeah. well, a, a, lot, a lot of people still buy art for that.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that, for the most part, when you're, when you're going through the art, art shows, at least around these areas, it's usually women in their 40s or 50s. They're looking for something to hang over their couch.
1: I see. I see. I see. Right. right.
0: You know, where if you're in New York, you're probably getting a different, you're, you're div, you know, getting a different, you know, clientele. It, 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 it's a different kind of an audience here. Yeah. I'm yeah, in it's the a Midwest. Uh, so it's, right. it's, a, it's right. a little different situation um
2: yes
0: yeah, yes yeah, and yeah, it's good. um my friend will say about that i did the photography oh well, it's gone right
2: right
0: uh oh i know i but i think the problem was and there's some stuff i really enjoyed i really what i really loved i just loved is there are homes around this area that i would find things that were just off right and right. i loved where it it would like it's missing a front porch or you know whatever it may be um, there's just something off about it and i enjoyed doing those and but then people don't like having their homes uh, photographed and they're suspicious of of men walking around the street taking pictures right, of their home right right but i think i never enjoyed a whole lot of success uh, as far as that goes so i think for me the small amount of success i've had with the zines actually motivates me to keep doing that
2: Right, 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 right. Yeah, I've actually. I mean, I have made art in the past, uh, but
1: not with much success. Um, but I think yeah, I think the uh, making zines has probably been you know the most satisfying creative endeavor. Yeah. I, I I've undertaken. I, I used to make I used to make a lot of collages. I, I had an exhibition here in New York once uh, when I first moved here in, in a good gallery. But uh, but I found that you know I find that kind of working behind a computer and not getting dirty is something I really enjoy doing. Like you know that or or taking my notebook to Starbucks and you know putting my noiseless uh, my noiseless headphones on and kind of writing is just something I I get a lot more satisfaction out of any other creative endeavor I've, I've kind of ever pursued. Even though even that even though writing is very difficult, I find it very difficult. I find it very time consuming, and uh, I find that I don't have the immediacy that I used to have with art making, where art was very immediate. You know, art was very something that I could make a work and there it was. Whereas writing is just something that takes an incredibly long time, and it's just slow, 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 without seeing much kind of happening ever. You know, to, and you know. And it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, perfecting things, and it's a lot of you know you have to make sure that all the eyes are dotted and the Ts are crossed. It's like architecture. Whereas I found that whereas I found that art making art was just very immediate. You know, I could work on a day or two and have a piece and look at it in the morning and get a great feeling of satisfaction. I don't get that same satisfaction, but I find it more satisfying overall uh, to make a book. You know, whereas. But I do miss that immediacy of uh, having a sense that I've finished something, you know. Whereas when I finish things with books, it's kind of far and few in between. I happen to be working on a lot of things at the same
0: time. Well, but the problem is once you finish the book, you're not finished with it because you got to you got to get it shipped. Oh, everything! Yeah, it's never ending. It's never (laughs) ending. It's It's
1: never ending.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I think for me, though, I enjoyed one thing I really enjoyed about photography is I love going to old towns. And I loved, I absolutely love finding these old um, downtowns in these like very small, midwest towns where things are dilapidated, and shooting behind businesses.
1: Right, right, the, right. The
0: conduit, the it's just weirdness. I found there would be chairs, like like people would like apparently be eating their lunches or doing different things out there, and there'd be chairs sitting out behind these old buildings, or you know, like over a hundred years old, and and I just enjoyed whatever that was and walking around and trying to discover um which was fun but right right but but the writing is just definitely it's just it's a slog
1: yeah yeah it's satisfying but it's very yeah it's 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 definitely incredibly difficult and um and uh and it's i found it difficult when it it wasn't firing for three months. You know what I mean? Like it was just a real challenge. It was a real, real challenge to kind of uh, just not lose all kind of faith in or, or hope. You know, when when it was just not when I just couldn't sort of. Ugh. So I haven't haven't experienced that for a while, but it was just a. Uh, but still, it's a it's it's a good community, and the fact that it's collaborative is something that's super enjoyable. You know, the, the fact that you can actually. Uh, you know work with artists it's you know for me that's that's kind of the highlight i think for me you
2: know? yeah yeah
0: that's kind of interesting because you know what you're bringing up is really i think the thing is 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 because you're not you and me, you're not
2: <laughs>
0: we're not doing a single thing we're doing it all doing it all yeah doing everything yeah so there's got to be certain aspects that have to be enjoyable because not all of it is. And so for yeah. you, it's it's the 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 it's it's the art, seeing what's going to come from the art and dealing with the artist. So it's the idea is you're kind of creating a thing and seeing what sort of magic's gonna be wrought by the artist, is what is the real magic for the the project. I, I think that is for me because I, I actually don't enjoy the writing very much. I enjoy the
1: layout. But I, I don't enjoy doing the writing very much at all, you know. And I enjoy the art, but but the thing is like uh, but you know I I I I slog through the writing, even though you know you know I do enjoy it. I do enjoy, I, I do enjoy sort of developing it, but but refining it. I I don't enjoy the the, the last. I, I don't enjoy the last ten percent, which takes as much as the first ninety percent in time. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I just don't enjoy that aspect of it, uh, so maybe that means I, I need an editor. Um, but
2: but you know, but but being able to do it all, except for the
1: art, has is it's good for me because I wouldn't be able to afford to do it otherwise. Like like right. like if I had like if I had to pay for the layout and the art, I just <laughs> I it, I just wouldn't. I'd be losing money basically. I I it wouldn't pay for itself at all. Like at the moment all it does is just break even and that's kind of great, you know. But but if I had to sort of outsource anything else, I just, you know, I just I wouldn't I <laughs> I, I I wouldn't I I couldn't do it. It would be impossible, you know, because uh because I just uh I mean, I mean even, even with my Kickstarter dungeon, like that that did okay. That did like I think it did like 22,000 but but basically my printing costs went up 30% from when i first looked into it in february versus how much paper costs went up right um but, but because i couldn't commit because i had no idea like of what to commit to you know because i i didn't want to take the risk of because i had to pre buy the paper because it was a very special printing technique that they used and so i had to but but, but basically it was like a uh, you know that's why I was saying uh, earlier on where uh, I underpriced everything because I, I should have sold the zines for twenty five bucks, you know, and I sold it for fifteen. So at fifteen dollars, that project has broke even for me because you know <laughs> there was like I think there was ten thousand just in printing cost because it was such a specialized bespoke hand hand printed kind of risograph technique. So it was like it was like nine eight thousand no it was nine thousand printing. I got extra copies, which, you know, I don't know how long it'll take to sell those. They, they might, but then, you know, the art was a few thousand. The shipping was 5,000, you know, to, to ship all those, you know. Family, um, yeah. uh, and, you know, the packaging was 700, 800, you know, just the fucking envelopes. So yeah, I learned Everybody's making money, but you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned a lot in doing it. And what I learned, is <laughs> basically, next time, I have to charge a lot more for the zine. That's what I learned. I learned that I have to charge a lot more for the zine because uh, if I don't, then I'm going to have spent a year doing work and just just broke just broken even.
0: So yeah, yes. I I found the same thing out with some of my others. Um, the fan of fly god, I should have charged more. Not fan of fly god. Um, during the Madlands, I I definitely undercharged on that one. Right, right. But you don't know. The problem is maybe like you, it's like, I think I keep thinking maybe it's that whole, you know, going back imposter syndrome. I'm like, nobody's going to pay, you know, $30 for this or nobody's going to pay. Yeah, that's whatever. what I think. Yeah. And it wasn't, It's was only because Zach said for Fane, when I, when I showed it to him um, um, from uh, of Game Design. Um, they're the ones that did, um, they're helping with the Kickstarter and a backer kit and such. He's like, no, I think this thing needs to be a hardback. I like there's no way. And I struggled back and forth. And I just thought, well, I'll just let's just see. So I, I made a hardback option at $45. And and the majority, quite as many people bought the hardback as they did the soft cover.
1: Really, really, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think I'd like to do a I think I'd like to do a hardback. Uh, soon like I'm sort of gearing up to it I, I think I might do my adventure Xanadu I might do a Xanadu re, remastered edition with all new art maybe a new level new maps new everything and kind of fix all the problems that were pointed out on a couple of yeah. reviews which were which were which were good 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 reviews but uh but I think that you know that's just yeah that's that's probably that that might be a hardback that I'll do because I've looked into kind of getting I've looked into prices and stuff already but that just seems like another big kind of, you know, getting a thousand books in my fucking 450 square foot New York apartment. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's like it's like my apartment's smaller than that room that you're in, you know? So oh, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I mean, I'm in glamorous New York, but believe me, it's like I it,
0: am not living in a not yet anyway, but I'm not living in a in a sort of Tribeca loft, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and for me, it's, it's kind of, fortunate it's, I've got uh, lots of room, but uh, I still don't want to be filling it up full of boxes of boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but uh
1: anyway, it's a it's it's a fun yeah uh, yeah. Look, it, it, it's a fun. uh And look, I I really appreciate what you do because I listen to every single one of your podcasts. You know, I always get something out of it. I think you've got very interesting people on and. You know, the podcast has regularity, like you know, like I, you know, it's always once a week. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I always see it. I can't remember when I see it, maybe Saturdays is, is that when it comes yeah. out? Yeah,
0: Saturday yeah, Saturday morning. I see it,
1: I see it Saturdays and I kind of I always listen to it uh kind of on the day. Because you know, I, I usually go to the gym every couple of days or go for a walk to go grocery shopping. And I always like to listen to podcasts uh when I do that. And I, I always listen to yours because uh because I think uh you know, you've got kind of uh, you know, you've got guests on who are making stuff and talking about the business of making stuff. You know, and uh, I, I really like Levy Combs, who you've had on a few times. You know, he, he's a he's a he's an interesting creator. Kind oh, of very he very prolific. He's very prolific. You know, he's he's always got stuff out. You know, he's always got. He's always and he's very positive sort of a guy too. You know, right. Uh, he's a very positive sort of a guy. You know, who's got good things to is kind of generous, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, no, but I think uh, but I think you're you're kind of one of the only, I don't know, you're one of the only podcasts that has, you know, these, you know, you're talking about some, like, there's just practical things, you know, so if I, I get a lot out of it, because, you know, it's always someone talking about a Kickstarter or fulfillment, or just something that's kind of very like, obviously what you're interested in too, but it's just like, it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, it's all very like usable kind of information
0: you know? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's it, in, it's, uh, you know, for a while there, I wasn't sure it was numbers are coming down, but then I, I finally came to a point where it's like, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy, you know, meeting people and it's, it's worthwhile to me. And I've got enough people listening to it that I'm fine with it. if it never, ever goes beyond what it is, it's fine. It's, it's been working out. So
1: yeah. Well, it's, it's a good little uh, niche. Yeah? Uh, it's a good kind of, yeah, it's a good, uh, I think it's a great kind of, uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, it's uh, and it's kind of, it's, you know, I like your introductions a lot too, you know, just a good, uh, I, I like the introductions you know, I like the music, you know, it's just a, it's just a nice kind of uh, podcast. Oh, thank and, you. You know? Yeah. And I like how some of the episodes, you know, just kind of go on for quite a while. Cause I enjoy that long form kind of very casual, like it's, Feels like very unscripted, very unplanned. It just
0: kind of like it's just like a conversation. And I also find it's kind of fun. There's just you a know, lot of just different people out there doing different things. And, um,
2: oh, I'm yeah,
0: kind of, yeah, kind of curious. It's just amazing how many people are out there doing. I mean, maybe not amazing, but it's just, it's just, it's kind of neat to see, you know, other people's perspectives that are just, you know, I don't know. I just, it's just. It's quite an interesting eclectic group of people that we are.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's 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 definitely got a really diverse group of people. From I think pe- people in gaming are really from all walks of life, you know, and and all ages, you know, like, uh, you know, there's like, and you know, it's interesting too because you know, it seems like I mean, I'm fifty, you know, and there's there's lots of uh, seems like there's lots of people, you know, kind of my age, my generation, you know, who uh, who you know, probably had my trajectory in yours. You know, they just started when they were young. They took a big break right. in life. They had to do life. You know, and they had to do stuff, and then they kind of rediscovered the hobby in their forties. And then you know they they kind of think,
2: oh, maybe I can do it too. You know, and you know I'll, I'll give it a
1: go. Like I'll I'll sort of try and make some stuff because you know it's like a you know because I I it, it, you know it's I I don't know what it is. It's like a you know. You, 'Cause you know, you have the the passion and the knowledge and you know, you have got that kind of, you know, like a uh, you've got the, you know, yeah. And I find I find that satisfying that, you know, you can uh make stuff and have a creative outlet and there's kind of an audience for it who you know who 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 kind of appreciates it. It's it's kind of just really uh really, really great. I mean it's a great community, the RPG community, I think.
0: I don't think I don't think I could have be doing what I'm doing now at a younger point in my life.
2: No, I couldn't either. I couldn't either. I agree.
0: And I don't know whatever the experiences the headspace, I don't know what it is. But I look at stuff I've done in the past, it was just it was just chaotic for some reason. I've hit an age where everything's starting to gel for this. I don't know. It just, I find it kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I I, I just don't think, uh, yeah, I'm the same. I, I just think, uh, I just couldn't have done it. I, I would have just been too distracted by other things, you know, at other points in my life, you know. Right. Because, uh, whereas now I'm kind of happy just kind of being internalized, sitting behind a computer and writing. I just think I would have been just too distracted by, being pulled left, right, and centre into sort of putting my attention into other places as opposed to like games, you know. And I, I don't know why it's happened that way. I think I think a big kind of uh, impetus for me was COVID, you know, because when when that when that happened, when that everything got shut down, that's when I started to write because I had nothing else to do. Like I kind of didn't have work. I just didn't have anything else to do, and uh, and 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 because of that.
2: Uh, I sort of thought, oh, you know, I can't go out,
1: you know, I can't do my work anymore. (laughs) It's like, what am I going to do? And I kind of thought, oh, well, I've got to occupy myself somehow. And and that's when I actually started to write. Was in I think April of two nineteen. That was that was
0: felt like the perfect time to start. It is kind of strange, of you know, all those like, you know, the what things we'll just say positive things from, from all that have that occurred you're not know, saying it's justifies or makes it worthwhile, but it, it, it definitely had uh, for all of its negatives, it definitely has um, kept a lot of people rethink and redirect in very positive ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was certainly the, uh, the positive thing for me, you know, uh, was, was just to have a bit of time out and uh, you know,
2: a bit of quiet, and uh, and I also think that
1: that's why uh, games probably were developed in the Midwest because you couldn't you couldn't develop games in New York because it's, it's too busy, a, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: It's, yeah, it's too, too many things
1: to do. <laughs> too many things to do. Whereas, like you know, you can't. You know, you need a place for your imagination to kind of inhabit. You know, and I think, uh, and so much so that it's actually made me think about moving out and moving to somewhere like possibly the Midwest, you know, just to, uh, just to get away from the distraction of the city, you know?
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely, you know, I live in a small town, maybe like 1500 people. Um, it's definitely a different, a different pace. And I've had people who've, who came from California. And I said to her, it's like, wow. in like the, for you to move out this way, you know, being a negative thing. She's like, Oh no, she was, I like to sit in my backyard and, and, uh, and uh, just watch the corn, look at the corn. (laughs) Oh no, no. Well, I mean, you sort of get to a certain age where that,
1: that becomes really appealing or, you know, really appealing. You know, it's like a, where, you know, doing the other stuff is, you know, it's just like that, that
2: veneer sort of fades, you know, and then I don't know, I sort of, uh,
1: you know i'm i'm sort of to an age where where i sort of think you know living in an imagined world and building it and sharing it is just something that's kind of super
2: satisfying you know cuz uh and make it making
1: something you know but it's it's just uh you know where where there's an audience for it uh you know you don't have to go out. You can just kind of, you know, uh, do what we're doing. It's just, I, I, I think, God, that's that, that's kind of really cool. It's really cool
0: that you can do that, you know? right? And I think too, if you're able to, I mean, where I live, it's not necessarily the the greatest place to live, but uh, the, and there's other places where it's just the properties or the, the cost of living is fairly is fairly reasonable. Uh, where you are? Oh yeah, right. What's what's the closest uh, city to you? Peoria, Peoria, right. P-O-R-I-A. What 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 state are you in? Illinois. Illinois, right, right. Now, North Carolina would be really an expensive place, or if you go to the south, but uh, right. But, I, but I'm like two and a half hours from Chicago. Okay. Yeah. In, yeah. In like three hours from St. Louis.
2: Right. <clears throat> <clears throat> I live in a town
0: called Metamora. And it's just, it's just a bedroom community for, for people working in Peoria.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, where I live is, is really great for, you
1: know, I mean, it's great for culture and stuff, but it's just such an expensive place to live. Like you're always just working kind of long hours just to kind of pay the rent here. It's it's like really full on. And, you know, there, there's not, you know, the quality of life is okay, but it's kind of like a, but you know you are i'm i'm sure like you'll get a lot more space in an area like yours for the money that I'm paying you know
0: oh yeah yeah a L- lot,
1: lot more living space
0: yeah it it yes it's we've got yeah a huge basement we've got three bedrooms upstairs we've got an office area it's um no it's great yeah it's it's it's, it's right price for square footage it's, it's it's very reasonable but it's just uh mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's but you but you know there's there's as far as culturally goes i mean it's, it's not the same but if you want to go if you want to go uh on hikes there's plenty of parks with trails and if you want to go cycling uh country roads are, are blacktop with almost no traffic and they go on for miles in a grid that you can go however far you want wherever direction you want um, you know, things like that are, are are pretty pretty nice. Yeah, no, that sounds sounds
2: that all sounds very 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 nice. So uh, you know, yeah, but, uh, hopefully in the next couple of years, cause I'm I'm looking into it. Just a, it's just a it's just a question of where. Like it's, uh, that it's is, a, just a question it, of where I will do it. You know, right? Because it it's
0: yes and that's what's hard because you know you know like wisconsin you want to live up in like northern wisconsin you can get probably some very you can get some great land fairly cheap uh beautiful area but it's also going to be you know cold for you know seven months out of the year you know but yeah then maybe you like that I don't know or you could go to the the south and it would be the opposite or you know the cold
1: doesn't the cold doesn't bother me. I actually I actually find the cold is very uh I mean it's very it's very uh I think the cold is very good weather for being creative. I I don't think heat is very conducive to creativity. Like living in Florida might not be the best for
0: might not be the best for the kind of writing uh, for me it's daylight that's the the biggest thing for me but yeah i agree yeah i actually i actually i mean I, I i find that you know uh in
1: new york it's the winter time that i actually feel really good you know you get to dress up you get to rug up and i think you know you get to you know uh I get to write for a long time. Like summertime here is kind of impossible for, 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 doing any, any sort of creative
0: work. It's just really, I found it really, really difficult, really difficult. So is that during the three months that you were having problems was during the summer? Kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think I was okay last summer, but I, but, but I think I kind of burnt out after I fulfilled the Kickstarter. This kind of like, uh, I don't know
2: why, you know, but, uh, and only only slowly getting back into it. So, just you know, who knows? I think uh, you, know, you sort of uh, play with the
1: muse while she's you know <laughs> while she's in a playful mode. I think I don't know. It's just uh, it's yeah, it's just uh, one of those things.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, hard,
2: just, it's It's hard hard to get out of sometimes. I've been pretty fortunate. I never got to that kind of, I'm not gotten to that burnout, um, but I think I've, I don't
0: know why. I just know my, my current job, I'm ready to, I'd like to be able to retire in a couple of years and I'm trying to get everything to a point where I can actually do this for a, a portion of my income. Oh, i would be great. It'd be fantastic.
1: Well, yeah. I think, you know, look, I mean, I think, I think, you know, like from what I've seen, you know, uh, to make an income out of this, you have to make a lot of stuff, you know, and I think someone yep. who's kind of someone who seems like they're doing really well doing, you know, doing it all themselves is Philip Reed. Seems to be doing pretty well out of this, you know, like he, uh, like I think, um, you know, he does like a Kickstarter a month, <laughs> you know, like where every, He does like about fucking eight to 10 Kickstarters a year. And I think he put his income up like what he made on the Kickstarters, I think on Facebook or something. And I think last year he clocked in about 130 grand, 140 grand out of Kickstarters. Now I'm not sure how much of that is like obviously pay I heard he bought a Tesla one year. From Kickstarter? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised but 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 you know his kickstarters do like and look I don't know how much a fan base has the appetite to buy so many kickstarters but I think you know his kickstarters are doing anywhere between 10 to 25,000 each. You know and you know he does like a lot of things for Mothbug you know he does a lot of these you know small little small you know modest books he experiments he experiments with formats but you know I think he he he's got like a A good model, but his model is like making a lot of stuff. And I think, kind of, that's, you know, I think, I think you either need to make a big kind of hit, like a big hardcover that's whatever, or I think you need to do like what he's doing, where you just have a rhythm of doing like, you know, say four Kickstarters a year, you know, five Kickstarters a year. But I think he's got like a, and, you know, I've, I've bought a lot of his Kickstarters and they're not, you know, it's not like they're massively ambitious, you know, they're like, you know the zines that he puts out are like thirty-six pages. They're not like two hundred and fifty-page books. You know they're like thirty-six-page kind of right. A five zines You know, like you know, like twenty-character classes for morkborg or Troika or fifty magic items or just kind of useful stuff that people will have at a table. But I think he's just perfected the. He's just churning that stuff, and I think that that's what you got to kind of do to. to and I think the other thing that helps, uh, which, which I've sort of found with my modest store is like the more stuff you have out there, the more like trickle in income there is from kind of everything, you know, cause you'll find that when, you know, like when someone buys something on my store, like no one ever buys one thing. Everyone buys like at least two things. Now I've only got five things up there or, you know, I've got four things up there. One of them's a DCC version of an, a, an adventure, but I think when I have six things up there, or eight things that because people will buy old stuff you know people will buy back catalog you right. know and 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 I think the the other thing is having uh your, your own store which you, which I built you know just from some one of these online e- e-commerce things but but I think uh having back catalog where you can have 10 products which I hope to do I mean then you know there might be something for everyone, you know, like that. But I think that's one of the keys, is just having a lot of product,
0: you know. So yeah, I just got a website. I'm getting it going. So I'm gonna my plan is by the end of the year have have a web store going. Yeah. But uh the other thing I'm trying to do is with Gary's appendix, I plan on doing the same thing with um with Traveler. I'm gonna give that a go. Oh right. R-
1: writing for traveler, doing something for traveler?
0: Well, it will be a zine for material that's usable with traveler. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be great. So travel is a marvel- travel is a great game. Classic travel is one of my favorite games. So what I'm thinking is if I can, you know, if that does well. Um and the key is on this stuff is is paying people to do it. Journey of the Madlands. I'm I'm I don't I'm kind of skeptical While well it's, this I think I'll do at least as well the second one, probably better than the first one, but that one's taken me a lot of writing to, to get, it takes a lot of energy for me to do one of those. But I think right. for the the Traveler, and especially for of Zepenks, I'm able to hire writing out. So my goal is right. to, if I can start getting enough of these going, these periodicals get the right people writing. I'm hoping that's what's going to be the key. Are you going to do for Classic Traveler or Mongoose? I'm going to, What I'm going to do is I'm going to do it. I I think I'm going to need to do it for the Cephas engine, Oh, because of the uh, gaming license. Yes,
2: right, right,
0: right. But, um, but really, the stuff I'm planning on putting in there is not going to be like I'm not. I'm not planning on doing vehicles and guns and you know whatever. I'm, I'm actually planning on more uh you know set pieces and things for the gm to use for right. their settings
1: Right. right. I, I actually still think i i still think that uh classic traveler is is one of the most elegant games ever written yeah i think it's just a i think it's just a beautiful beautiful game like it's just a stunning it's just it's just so elegant you know it's just everything about it just you know the just they are uh, you know the uh, the eight plus mechanic, the the skill system. You know, I just think it's just a.
0: I, I just think it's just such a. It's just such a lovely, lovely game. Well, for like 120 pages, you have character creation, you have equipment, you have all your skills, you have uh, world generation, starship generation. You got uh, trading rules. You got, you, you know, it's just like, I don't know how I got
2: it all in 120 pages. Yeah,
1: and uh, that that well generation is just unbelievable. You know, you know the way you do the atmosphere, the ground, the trade, the tech levels. It's just, just I, I, I've listened to uh, I've listened to Mark Miller speak uh, a few times at GaryCon, and one of the most memorable times was in two nineteen. Um, he he gave a talk in one of the apartments at GaryCon, and it was me and like six other people spent like a couple of hours with him. And he was just, yeah, you know, I've got photos of it, which I took, you know, and it was just him talking about to six people. Like I was there because I think I, I think uh, it was going to be somewhere and then they moved it or something and then it was actually one of the suites. You know, we were just sitting around lounges and stuff and he ta- he talked to us about the beginning of Traveller and he did say uh, that the, the reason why they, uh, you know, they didn't have art because they couldn't afford it, but, but traveler still has one of the great covers, one of the great designs of covers. you know it's got that lovely red kind of it's got that lovely red kind of line. it's it's perfect uh, you know that 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 you know it's just got it, and uh, and he he did also say that he did also say that he made a he wanted to make a very generic game uh, and everyone thought in those days that nobody wanted you know his thought. When he wrote *Traveler*, was that people were going to write their own adventures, which they never did, and um, and it wasn't until sort of a, a few years later that they actually released their uh, their their kind of system, their, their kind of you know their world setting where they right. released the other books. What was the Imperium? Was that yes. it? Yes, they did the Imperium because because they ne- and that's when they did adventures. Because I think the thinking back then was that they would just release the the the, the, the rules. And 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 the players would actually write their own stuff, but nobody ever did that. And he said that what gave him the biggest kind of boost, what gave Traveler the biggest boost was uh, which is what really propelled it,
2: was the release of Star Wars at that time,
1: was right. something that really gave it a huge, a huge kind of kick, you know. But, um, you know, but it was very different to Star Wars. Like, it wasn't science fantasy. It was kind of that 50s kind of sci-fi. Like, he mentioned some of his authors that he was reading at the time. But he sort of claims to have read, like, almost every sci-fi book ever written in the, in the 60s, you know, because he was such a big sci-fi fan that he said he read every single novel ever published in the 60s that was science fiction. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and up <coughs> to the mid-70s as well he just read kind of every single thing that came out and he was just a huge fan of talked about some authors and uh i I, there were a few series that he'd actually read i picked a couple up they weren't for me but i could kind of see how they had a massive influence on kind of travel this kind of military kind of sci-fi you know but um you know kind of world exploration and stuff like that but you know going to different planets and that but I, I think it was just one of the nicest kind of people I I, I I think it was one of the nicest, most generous kind of creators, and it's you know, it's amazing. He's just kind of there at Garycom sharing. and he's just like one of the key people he's like one of the great game designers, that guy
0: all right. yeah, in fact uh, a Blooming- great, he's a from, great he's from Bloomington, Illinois, which is just um like forty five minutes from my house
1: right, right, right. yeah I think it's, he's been in the he's been in the same place for a long time, I think
0: yeah, game designer's workshop was out of Bloomington. And Decatur, yeah. Illinois, which is like maybe forty miles south of Bloomington, is where Judges Guild was. Interesting, interesting, right? Like that's it's strange that the you know two majors are you know here, and it's just it's kind of odd.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now he's a. It's it's sort of funny. Like I I, I don't know I I I I bought uh. Travel of five that he did on Kickstarter a few years ago. Have you seen that? The three volumes, which I, is I've like-
0: I've seen I've seen the books. <laughs> I've been tempted. It's
1: unplayable. I, mean, you can't I know it is. It. But 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 in terms of uh, in terms of uh in terms of complexity and just how over the top like let's, he actually did he actually wrote wrote the, the majority of it. And it's 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 it but it, it, it's kind of amazing for uh just how granular, you know, it sort of gets. You know, it's just it's it's like it's like traveller on fucking a million steroids. You know, it's just like there's just charts and tables for absolutely everything you can kind of think of. You know, and uh, I mean it's quite it's quite a feat. You know, it's quite a it's quite a feat of kind of like a a scientific manual or something. It's just it's just over the top, but it's it's actually worth having because it's just so kind of peculiar. But I <coughs> I, I don't think.
0: Well, I, I couldn't imagine I couldn't I imagine anybody it, ever playing. I think some of it would be good in its in parts. I think from what I understand is like for world generation, there's some stuff I think would be very great for world generation. I wouldn't want to play the game, but I think there's portions of what I understand there's portions of it that are just very good.
1: Oh no, no, it's it's no, there's there's parts which are amazing because uh, because I think he, he actually talked about Traveler Five in GaryCon. And he 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 uh and because I think I think what uh, compelled the game is that he he had such a so many requests over like decades of what players wanted to be able to do within Traveller, and so he said, well, I'm just going to make the tools for them to be able to do that, <laughs> you know. And he said so. I, and he said, well, I had requests for people that wanted to do this, so I gave them this table, and they wanted to do that, so I've got this table in there for them, and they wanted to do this. And they wanted to do that. So I'd made this table for them. And it's just basically, so everything that people always wanted to do, that's what he put into Traveler <laughs> 5. <laughs> to be able to do everything, you know, but to actually do everything in a mechanical way. Right. Not, not to just kind of say you're doing it like OSR it. It's just not. There's a mechanic for it and there's tables and you, you roll and, and here's how you do it, you know. <laughs> so what I find is interesting
0: is role generation uh I've kind of played around with it with uh with mind jammer uh also uh there's it, it seemed like the um Coriolis and um alien they both uh have uh planetary generation system generations but they are like everything still falls under even though i think there are improvements um even with stars without number as they are still at the the chassis of it is still traveler world generation it's like the logic all that logic is really still built into it
1: oh yeah i mean he he sort of you know i i think he kind of invented that basically you know
0: yeah just but, I mean, it's, it's so
1: it's- elegant and so simple but i think mark miller kind of just you know, he he owns that he invented all right. that kind of stuff. But I mean like
0: nobody's able to break away from that. Like it's like it's like the you bicycle.
1: Can't. You you can't because it's so perfect.
0: Yeah, it's like you may change, you know, like the bicycles are are a little different now than they were in the 1920s. You know, they've had a little bit of a frame, but still the geometry is still the same, racials are still the no, same. It's just no. like yeah. it's just I, uh Yeah. I I don't think you can I, I think if you're rolling dice on the table, I don't think you can
1: break away from traveler in terms of generating like a world, for example, because, and I don't know if you ever heard him talk about it, but he, he talked about, he talked about why he did that. And he said that, and he said that, uh, you know, and he said that, uh, you know, the reason why I did that is, is is because uh, he said to someone in the group, well, the reason why I did that is because uh, like he said, name a kind of planet and he goes, okay, you've got a desert planet. You've got a water planet. You've got this planet. Now name, but, you know, try, try doing that a thousand times and, and giving it all the complexity of atmospheres and trade, you know, because you can't do it without, without tables, you know, you can't, because no one has the imaginative scope to just come up with like tons and tons of different kinds of planets with different inhabitants and different atmospheres and gravity and whatever. Right, but the, but and, you
0: also have to say, well, this only works with these kinds of, like, there's still like a, a even though it's probably not fully scientifically accurate it still tries to maintain some level of semblance of scientific. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and and there's also the flavor element. Like he kind of says,
1: he kind (laughs) of says, well, if you generate like a water world, which is like unbelievably wealthy and under a totalitarian government, but has very little population and a very low tech level, why is that? Right. Like, what's the story there, you know, about this kind of world, you know, or, or if you have, you, you know what I mean? So, and 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 it has like for example deadly atmosphere like what's what's the story about this world like why is it wealthy like where does it get its resources like what, what does the government do like why is why is the tech level so low but why is it so wealthy and that's just an interesting sort of trigger you know to come up with to come up with you know like a, a setting you know and he said that the tables kind of just allow you to do that because they just push push your imagination into coming up with things that kind of that just shouldn't kind of be together, but they are, you know, and, 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 uh, but no, he's a, he really came up with some, just, just such great ideas, you know, like, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just great ideas, you know, like, you know, I mean, there's no leveling in traveler, you know, there's just kind of like maybe getting better with skills and, you know, like uh, just, just, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I, I wish I played more of it. The only time I, I actually play Traveller is, is, is only at conventions and uh, I play with, uh, I usually play Classic Traveller at least once because I'm going to GaryCon next year. So, and usually I've played, I, I've played Traveller at every GaryCon I've been to and I used to go to Game Hold Con. I didn't go to the last one, but I've been to a couple of those and uh, I, I I always try and play a, a Classic Traveller session with, with a great traveler referee called Victor Raymond okay who's kind of, who's, uh, who's uh, who lives in Madison and and he actually used to play he's played traveler for 30 or for 30 40 years and he used to actually play with professor MAR Barker in Tecumel for 20 oh years my. He, he played in a 20 year campaign with uh with MAR Barker and he he's actually one of the great uh he's someone that you should maybe have on or meet Victor Raymond like he's very he, he does a TechML uh, podcast okay, with uh, James Maliszewski. But, right. but, but, but if you are, uh, if, if, if you are, uh, he's on Facebook. He's on like the OSR group, but he's, he, he's been on podcasts. But if, if you want someone to talk about the early days of, uh, who used to know a lot of these uh, people and who's played since the 70s, he's like a really fascinating, um, he's like an amazing kind of intellect, you know? So what's his um, name again?
2: Uh, Victor Raymond. You know,
1: he's someone that's uh, really, you know, really knowledgeable about Traveller, Empire of the Pedal Throne. Uh, I think he runs a big gaming group in Madison. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but he tells me that they meet every Tuesday or once a month on a Tuesday or something like that. And, you know, it's usually like 60 to 80 people come to some community hall and they game all night. But, but he's always at the cons. He's always at GaryCon. He's always, I think he's at North Texas, <laughs> and he's always at Game old, mm. But he's someone that, yeah, if you, if you ever wanted to have a discussion about classic Traveller Empire, the Pedal Throne, then he's your guy.
0: All righty. A two-for-one. Yeah. Well, I probably should let you go now, Vasily. It's, uh, All right, Jeff. Because yeah, you're, an hour, bed, you're an hour in the future, so it's getting late. But you New Yorkers yeah. are used to staying up late. We, we right, here. Not me, no. Oh, no. okay. Okay. I'm in bed by 11 usually. Well, oh, that's right for us. But yeah, uh, anyway, bed. well, you have a good night and uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank, thanks again. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.